All right, welcome to the Poor Sports Podcast. Uh, by the way, we talk about the Geno Smith uh, prospective contract after the Derek Carr signing, and then literally the moment we get done recording, he signs his contract. All we know at this moment. Breaking news. Breaking news, two year, two <laughs> days after. You know a lot more about it than we do right now. It's a three-year, $105 million deal. Uh, he's getting $52 million in the first year, probably signing bonus. We'll have more to say about it next week. Deep. Deep quarterback analysis coming next week uh, from the from the quarterback and al- analysts. I'd go you. on record and say we're the very first podcast to break this news. That's true. No <laughs> one will hear it in time, but we're we, probably the first ones to we break. We got to be live streaming from now on. That's that would be fun. I got to make this. I've I've been fucking with this. It would be cool to. God, I also keep swearing in the intro, and I think that's bad for the algorithm. I got to stop. <laughs> I gotta stop swearing in the intro. What are you doing, Casey? Uh, I just keep saying the f word, and, the, and then I edit out all those other slurs. Welcome I say. to the fucking podcast. <laughs> so we'll have more. We'll talk more about the Geno Smith thing. Um, I have one comedy date that I want to promote big time, and it's uh, Tacoma Comedy Club is opening a new comedy club in Tacoma. They are Sixth uh, and Proctor, uh, which is going to be about a hundred seat venue yeah pretty fucking cool i'm so excited for it it's so good for my comedy career more stage time in tacoma is great for me it means i can be uh also uh this is relatively close to my house but it's at a hundred seats i have a chance of being able to work this room a lot the, the downtown <laughs> club they're like that they downtown just, club is massive it's massive and they're just pumping fucking great comic i swore again in the intro they're pumping great <laughs> comics through it and now they have a place that I have a chance of working. Uh, I'm going to be there the weekend of June 23rd and June 24th, opening for a dude named Nate Craig. But on June 25th, I am headlining that club for the first time. And it will also almost certainly be the last show I headline before I become a father for the second time. There you go. So you got to support that. You got to support that. The tickets are already available at TacomaComedyClub.com. June 25th, TacomaComedyClub.com, 6th and Proctor location. Right now, that's the only thing booked on the website for <laughs> that date, so it shouldn't be hard to find. But find the fat face that looks like mine. Buy tickets for that show, 7.30 p.m. Uh, I will probably be beleaguered and tired by that point because yeah. my wife will be, You'll be very fucking pregnant, like, yes. like eight and a half months pregnant. She's probably not going to be happy when I leave the house that day. So I need you to be there to make me feel like it was worth it. Uh, um, also, g- give us like a rating on. Yeah, where- right, go ahead and rate our, rate our podcast. If you're actually listening, this is our fifth episode. You know, That's five episodes. I know. It doesn't take much to just click the button and rate and uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe there. If you listen on Spotify or Apple, feel free to subscribe there. Just um, You'll be the first to know every time we have a new episode. Yeah, also on YouTube, set the reminder so that it'll tell you when we have an episode. That's good, I think. That's what I hear. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. We're on, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of clips going on the YouTube also of the dumbest things that we say. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the worst part of our shows. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And I'm at the Casey McLean on all social media. Alex is at Alex SSN on only Twitter. Don't fucking try to follow him on Instagram. I mean, you can, but there's no guarantee I'm going to accept your request. We're, we're lobbying in the, <laughs> in the poor sports studios. We're lobbying for a, Personal and uh, and uh, and business 
account so that we can all tag well so i can tag guilt-free tag that's alex in fair stuff. fair right now i'm pretty useless on instagram that's all right and you know middle-aged men are a hot button on instagram so everybody's on instagram dude it's frustrating <laughs> but it's true i should make i guess i gotta because of all the old fucking people that listen to this podcast i gotta make a facebook i looked at the demographics Ooh. and we're killing it with like 25 killing it's relative but we're <laughs> we are the vast fire. majority of our audience is like 25 to 34 or something like that that's younger what, than us yeah what are you yeah what are you folks doing and they're all dudes i was gonna say you people they're all dudes if i'm being honest the 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 breakdown is all dudes we'll give you life advice i guess i don't know probably don't want it would you like life advice from someone barely older than you that doesn't have it all together (laughs) then you come to this podcast fuck the sports fitness tips also (laughs) all right please enjoy this episode Also, how do you feel about not drinking alcohol on this episode? At uh, 3 p.m. 3 prob- p.m. on a Monday is when we're recording this. <laughs> probably, Are you okay with that? Probably for the best. Okay, the yeah. first sober episode. You get to decide. Everybody can A to B test what's yeah. better. Yeah, I'm on vacation, though, so I was ready to go either direction. If you were Fuck. like, every day at 3, I pour myself a glass, yeah. but I'm totally fine <laughs> not drinking. <laughs> it just seems like if... Uh, when we're done here, I'll still have things to do today, as will you. Yes. And you don't want to, you don't want to sabotage the rest of your day. Yeah, that's kind of a. Do you? This idea of day drinking sounds good to me. No, hundred percent no. of the time. Uh, but it never. I always. You know what's the most fucked up thing is uh, champagne, which is like the most classic served with brunch. Yeah. Drink. Yeah. Your favorite drink in the entire world. I do. I do like a good prosecco. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is. That's uh, like American champagne, basically. Yeah. Uh, I get immediately, I'm like ready to fall asleep when I drink champagne. Doesn't yeah, matter the yeah. time of day. Yeah, that happens to me too. I mean, I guess typically I, I only drink in the later evening. Like, sure. you know, The Bachelor's on tonight, so, so <laughs> better, bottle of better have a glass of wine. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's hard to tell if I'm just naturally sleepy because it's the end of the day. or gotcha. but, but I agree. It's a dangerous... It's a dangerous brunch drink. You know, like, you always hear people do the Sunday fun day thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was never fun for me, man. Because you got to go to work the next day. You got to turn around and get back up. The only people who really have fun on Sunday fun day are alcoholics, I feel like. Yeah. The Yes, or the unemployed. (laughs) The unemployed unemployed and enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) There's, my in-laws are big champagne in the morning people. Like, we're, we're doing a thing. Let's christen the day. Yeah. The special day with a bottle of champagne. And that's like, first off, makes them compatible with my drinking habits because that's like where I'm like, well, I don't know if we should be drinking at this time. They're not like that. They're like, let's start drinking right now. Those people are important. You need to have those people in your life. The people that will justify drinking at any moment, but are not the people that will also get out of control. Right. Right. Like you have to have, there's there's a fine line and the people that walk that line nicely, they're, everybody benefits from them. I had a, let's pretend in this story, like whatever amount of alcohol I'm talking about is yeah. exactly the amount to remain slightly under the legal limit for driving. Okay. It's, I was perfectly legal. 0.07. Uh, yes, I was at 0.07. So I was at, my in-laws used to have a place in Kitsap, Kitsap County. that was like a yeah. kind of a cabin kind of place. 
We go to the cabin, and uh, that was like a common place to day drink, which, by the way, that is the place to day drink. A cabin is meant for yeah. day drinking. Yeah. Um, there is no such thing as an inappropriate time to drink at a cabin. I'm dr- and it's, by the way, cabin is loose. Let's say for the sake of the story, it's a cabin. Oh, people in people in Washington abuse the term cabin. It's like, it's your second house, yes. and it just happens to be farther away from the city. But when other people in other parts of the country hear cabin, they think like Abraham Lincoln's think shit cabin. in a hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, uh, yeah, my, when my wife and I started dating, I was like, I like camping. And she goes, like, I, go, I like to go to my family's uh, lake house. Yeah. It's kind of like camping. And I was it's like, how like is it like camping? And she's like... Um, I guess it's not that like that much like camping. <laughs> it's close to the woods. Yeah, it's woods adjacent. There's trees on the property. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I'm out there, and I'm like, let's say on beer number point oh seven. Point oh seven. Beer number well under point oh seven. <laughs> and uh, my father-in-law goes, "Hey, we got to go pick up some propane. We're t- we're taking your car." And I was like, "Okay." And we're like new enough in the relationship that I'm just yes sir, no sir, whatever they yeah, yeah. you know. And uh, I get in the car. And he goes, oh, he goes, uh, we're going to get some propane. Chug that beer. So I chug this beer, <laughs> beer number 0.07. And then we go pick up the propane. And he's like, hey, instead of turning in, let's keep going. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> whatever you say. <laughs> that's, we, the, that's the worst. I mean, there's good and bad with that stage of the relationship. And the bad is that if they said, hey, we're going to go um, – Drink some Kool-Aid at a cult party. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, yeah, I'm down. Yes. And <laughs> yeah, we got to go sacrifice a lamb for the fucking yeah. some Mayans. All right. I'm yep. in. All right. Whatever you say, sir. I want to continue to date your daughter. <laughs> so uh, uh, we go to this bar and he, my father-in-law is like, uh, I won't say the city, I suppose, just for the sake of anonymity. But in this city, he grew up there. Yeah. And he's, like, well-known. People in the city know him by name. His family yeah. was, like, a big deal there. Um, so we go to this bar, and he runs into a guy he went to high school with. And, again, we're very early in the relationship. So he's like, he's like, well, here's a beer. We like First off, we sit down and have a beer. We're talking for about half a beer. Then this guy from high school comes, and he decides he's going to ignore me. I think power move to a yeah. degree. Uh, <laughs> he's going to ignore me, and he just keeps buying me beers. I drank 0.07 beers. Uh, and then eventually he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, get him another one. And I'm like, listen, dude, I'm 0.07 beers into this. I got to, I got to like cut back. I can't drink anymore. Like we got to, like, I get what you, I feel fine, but this is crazy what you're trying to do right now. So anyways, uh, after those 0.07 beers, uh, I, we, we go back. Uh, all of this is to say these folks are very accepting of the amount of drink Drinking the amount of drink that makes it sound worse. <laughs> the amount of drinking that I do, but yeah, the, the, I'll go over there and it's like even I've come over after like comedy weekends, yeah, and I'll come over there on a Sunday because we're like doing something with them, and it's like get home at five a.m., wake up at nine a.m., show up, and they're like champagne for everybody, and I'm like asleep at eleven a.m. on their couch, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a it's a dangerous game to play with the morning drinks. If in the right situation, it's great. But uh, I understand, especially if you're trying to make a good impression on people. Yes. You know that there's the the point of no return where uh, you've thrown all caution out the window. And now this is who you really are. And you can't show those people who you really are that early. That early. No, you can't. You got to. Yeah. You have to see how much they are like you. And that's the amount you will 
give them. You yes, know? and then you adjust your personality accordingly. Exactly. Also, I want to point out moments before this podcast started, we had the air conditioning running. Yeah. Uh, Thank also, you. Thank you for that. Yeah. That's very kind of you. <laughs> I feel like it's already done. Whatever effect it had is already over. It, it started off a lot better, though. I, will, yeah. I mean, last week we popped in here, and granted, it was really cold outside. It was probably in the mid-30s. Yes. Uh, and it was like 80 in here by comparison. <laughs> Well, also the other uh, the other adversity we're fighting through is that thirty minutes before the podcast, I discovered that my cat had taken a shit directly below your chair. Yeah, and so I cleaned it up with uh, that shit over there, this uh, yeah. whatever dog and cat odor remover, and I, sprayed some Febreze, and that's what you get. That's well, how I wouldn't lie to people. It it smells fine. You Thank would you. never Thank know. You. If you hadn't told me, I wouldn't know. It's what it smells like in here is like someone took a shit about thirty minutes ago, and the only <laughs> thing left is the air freshener. You know, like that's. Uh, do, do you? I have the same reaction when I walk into a, uh, just a recently air freshened bathroom, and I don't know if other people are like this, but like it triggers me in a negative way. Like it's a, ple- a pleasant smell. Interesting. But I'm like, I know what happened in here. Death, um, death happened in here. I, I get that when I sit on a toilet seat that's warm still. Oh, God, that's the worst. That's I, the worst. I don't know why it feels like such a violation, because that's, that's like worst. <laughs> a cold toilet seat at night is also bad. It's bad, but uh, if it's a – look, it's already bad if you're going to a toilet seat that's not yours. Mm-hmm. That's bad enough. When you sit down and it's warm, it's, the, it's like the equivalent of like a – you just picture the worst person in the world was sitting there before you. Like yeah. just the – fattest ugliest slob you've ever seen right i know but i'm i'm the one sitting on it now so what's, <laughs> you're the person i picture when i, I said i know i'm the i'm the, the vision that folks have when they yeah i don't know why it feels like such a violation because it's also like it's i i feel less violated when i walk in and you see like a, by the way, did not know we were going here, but like a streak <laughs> going down the bowl. I'm fine with that, dude. I like, I mean, I'll, no, you know. No, no, no. But you're, you're also on the road a lot, man. You don't have a lot of choices. Oh, man, there's a bathroom. I'm mostly at home. So. True, true. There's a bathroom. I think it's gone now, but my when my wife and I started dating, she lived in Ellensburg and I lived in Auburn, Washington. So I'd have to drive over the pass every weekend to yeah. make sure she wasn't cheating on me. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a bathroom yeah. on the way. It was something Creek, I remember, and it was like a rest stop, but it was the last time in my life I've ever shit in a hole. It was literally like you were like, you could hear the, what, however far it went. I mean, you golf enough. Like, there's, a, I feel like there's enough golf courses that they basically have outhouses on the course. I've been very lucky that the the shitting that I've done on golf course. By the way, a porta potty is different. I'm, I'm, no, I'm talking like I, I, there are golf courses. I was at one over the weekend that they it, on the outside. You're like, oh, it's a bathroom. And then you get inside and it's not a bathroom. It's interesting. A, it's a hole in the ground. I haven't noticed this. I will keep an eye on because I think that the thing about those uh, those types of bathrooms is I think they have to move. I don't think you can permanently shit in the same spot for like eternity <laughs> and just fill that part of the ground with shit they're and make, never have to move on. They're making it work at the uh, golf course in Kent. <laughs> but that's very Kent. That is very Kent. <laughs> It is very Kent to just continually shit in the ground. Shit in the same hole. Did you ever live in Kent? I lived in Kent. Uh, I've never lived in Kent. I've been close. I've been in Renton. It's close. Oh, yes. Close enough. That's about as close as anyone should get to Kent. Yeah, I lived uh, in the part that, like, I lived in the valley, which I now okay. know is the bad part. Uh, yeah. I got- in general, if uh, 
any place that has hills and valleys, the hills are always good. The valleys are That's typically bad. That's yeah. a good point. I've never have thought made that equation, but yeah, that is. You want the high correct. ground. It goes goes back to medieval times. You want the high ground. That's if, right. If shit goes down, being in the valley, the people in the valley are gonna they're gonna go first. What did you grow up in? Like. Bellevue? Yeah, I grew okay. up in Bellevue. Did, did you have, you pr- it probably would have never reached you. If Mount Rainier blows, is it touching Bellevue? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. No, no, I think we'd be okay. Where I live now is uh, the volcano or the, you know, the eruption evacuation area. Right. Yeah, so, I think I think where I live now and where, uh, so I grew up in Fife, Washington, yeah. in the valley. You would be, Washington. if that mountain blew up. You'd be dead. Well, they'd always be like, so it's 30 minutes. I knew that very well. I grew up with a like a low grade, like a low hum of anxiety about Mount Rainier blowing up because <laughs> I've also in like the years before I was born, like a 84, I think, St. Helens went. 82. Maybe 82. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's like a couple years before I'm born. So like my whole childhood, people are talking about St. Helens blowing up. So it's yeah. like not a foreign concept to me that a mountain could blow up. Yeah. And then they're like, well, if Rainier go, and they also, they would go. Yeah, the the Fife Valley is fertile uh, land because it's all uh, runoff from the last time Rainier erupted, and I'm like, oh well, then it's not even like a question of will it reach here? Like it's it will reach. Here. It'll definitely take out all of this. Yeah. yeah, and so I grew up with this like constant. So now, as an adult, not for any like hoity-toity reasons, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not living in the fucking valley anywhere. I get it, man. Like if your house gets wiped out by a volcano. <laughs> That just really suck. I well, mean, also, like, you, it's not even just your house. It's like, what if it happens at fucking one in the morning? Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I Look, we, when I was a kid, you know, you watch the news in the 80s and 90s because that's, that's all you have to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the news is always on, it felt like. And, you know, worldwide, especially nationwide, every other news story is like hurricane, tornado, hurricane, tornado. And you're right. like, well, thank God we don't have that yes. in the Pacific Northwest. But what we have are the two most unpredictable types of natural disasters <laughs> you can possibly have. A volcano that might erupt at any moment, no one seems to really know, and yeah. earthquakes, which really no one knows until well, then. Well, then those, one can trigger, or uh, the earthquake could trigger the eruption theoretically, I think. Yeah. And also... There's like tsunamis. Oh, uh, it's very, it's, it's a very fragile relationship right. that all these things have together. Well, like it's the, the climate's actually perfect. There's no extreme weather events unless we all just get wiped out completely. Unless all of us die at one time. That's, also, if, that's any, the other if any of the far eastern countries decide to attack the U.S., yes. we're probably going first. Yes. Also, there's a caldera in Yellowstone that could blow the whole west coast off. So who? Things are going well here. Yeah, this is. It's boy. also been like twenty some years since we've had uh, the last big earthquake, which I remember where I was. I was. In, I did too. I was in class in high school when that happened. But um, every time, like every year when they bring up the anniversary of that earthquake, the first thing in my head is that we must be due, right? Like yeah. we're due for another one. It's, it's been a while because I feel like that last earthquake we had, there was like three or so in like, a, I don't know, 10 year span. There was quite yeah. a few in like a short amount of time that were big enough to like wake you up or like at least be newsworthy. Yeah. And it's been like 20 years since. So what are we working towards here? I know. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I was actually talking to uh, a coworker of mine is from Kentucky. And he was telling me about, he's like, oh yeah, we had this earthquake. It was like a 4.5. And I'm like, have you ever, have you ever heard of the Nisqually earthquake? <laughs> and I pulled it up and he was like, oh fuck. Like yeah. that's so much different than what I experienced. Because I, I was in uh yeah. I was in a hundred-year-old high school building, like yeah. second floor, um, hundred years back then, which is now it's like nineteen hundred. This thing got built 
You, do you ever think about the, I, uh, I performed at this place, and if this is a rerun on this podcast, I'm sorry. I performed at this place called the Helena Club in, uh, in no, the Montana Club in Helena, Montana. Okay. And it's uh, built in like 1897. Yeah. Like every building in Montana. By right. The way. <laughs> but here's what's unique about this place. Yeah. And it's in my, actually, I think it's in my favorites on my pictures. Tell me if you noticed something uh, unique about this building. If I can pull it up very quickly. Yeah. And maybe I'll post the picture on. Uh, they, they must have built buildings in Montana pretty well. Because I've been to Montana over the years a few times. And uh, all the buildings are old, but they're all still sound. Granted, they don't have a lot of like terrible disastrous weather there to like knock a building out so right maybe that helps why am i so stupid that i can't find the favorites on my phone what is where the fuck are <laughs> favorites stored is it like this should be the easiest thing to find i literally was like on it earlier because i was thinking about this I was, i'm the just the stupidest ah here we go i found it never mind I'm cool, <laughs> is there anything odd you notice about the entryway to the helena the montana club in helena montana well, outside of the four swastikas, <laughs> I would say it looks okay, I guess. And I, let me make sure this is, yeah, this is in Helena. So, uh, but you're like 1890, you're like swastikas, that's fucking crazy. And then you go, oh, but it was 1897. Like that symbol didn't. It predates, yeah. It didn't, not only, I think it's one, I think it's the like Indian one. I think it's like the other one. The, yeah. The, the, the good swastika. Is that the name of the podcast? The good swastika. Uh, but it's also, um, so it predates Nazis. I yeah. think about that. My house predates Nazis. My house was built before. My, the people who bought my house didn't know what Nazis were. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, uh, the one thing I will say about that, it being Montana, is like you can't, there's like four swastikas. You can't. Fucking a stonemason can't come out and put just yeah. You couldn't blank. tile over that. We got we've had <laughs> maybe we've had eighty years since World War Two. We can't fucking maybe lay a rug down. I don't know. <laughs> just put something over it. Like clearly, what everybody knows it to mean now is much different than it meant yeah. back then. Don't you think? Like if I had a time machine now, of course everybody thinks about like, hey, if I had a time machine, what would I do first? And there's yeah. all sorts of things. But once I got past all the important shit, one of the things I would want to do is just go back in time and like play pranks on people, like put up symbols and things that predate their actual happening. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't kill baby Hitler. You'd pull his pants down in front of his class or something <laughs> like that. You'd, you'd put a dollar bill of fucking Traumatize German Frank him. on the ground with dog shit under it and make him pick it up or something like this that. This kid's life would be a living hell all because of me. <laughs> no, I'd probably go back to like the 1930s and just like you'd all You'd have made him so much worse. <laughs> you'd have been so much worse. <laughs> You'd find out that it was actually a chicken and egg scenario. Brought by the on way, I think by what, the guy with the time machine. Finding out that you were Japanese might have changed the whole fucking war. You know, he might have fucking <laughs> <laughs> like. Well, we don't have any allies uh, now. I guess it's just us and the Italians going at it. <laughs> uh, I think the, no. The one thing I'd do is I'd, I'd go back like. 30s, 40s, and just like right all over the place, probably like Jason Derulo. Oh, fun! <laughs> and then many years later, people would be like, "Holy shit!" The, I hear the that chosen name one everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I did have a guy, a comic who watches the podcast. Wow! He goes, "Yeah, that discount Burt Kreischer that you do the podcast with," and it made me laugh so wow. hard. Yeah, <laughs> pretty insulting. And I got to go. Um, he's Japanese, which was which was fun. I got to be like a real prick about. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, well, if watching the podcast takes dedication. If you're actually watching this on YouTube, first of all, the most annoying thing about YouTube, if you're like listening to something on YouTube on your phone and you like your phone locks, it stops. 
Unless you have YouTube Premium, okay, but and then you don't have to watch the ads. Probably. Yeah, I don't have YouTube Premium. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not going Sorry, Premium for poverty's YouTube. Poverty's tough, dude. I don't know. <laughs> Fucking somebody's got to join this Patreon when we create it, so Alex can get YouTube Premium. I don't know. You don't have to join just for me to get YouTube Premium. That's fine. Now that's the only reason we need fifteen dollars <laughs> to fund Alex's YouTube Premium. Fifteen bucks is fifteen bucks. Fifteen bucks a month. Yeah. Wow. That's high. That seems like it's on the high end. Yeah. Well, it's good for the podcast thing. And there is like a podcast that I listen to that live streams. And so um, that's a it's a it's by the way, like, don't get it. I'm not saying get it (laughs) to me. Anything where I don't watch ads makes it I'm going to spend way more than 15 bucks like Hulu. It's like four bucks to not have ads. Yeah. Yeah. That's the easiest four dollars you'll ever spend because you're going to. In my whatever that is in a year, forty eight dollars a year, it's gonna stop me from spending forty eight dollars a year on shit I don't need to not see ads because I believe advertising works. If you believe advertising works, get it out of your life. I'm gonna give everybody a little. Uh, this is this is worth the free price of admission listening to this podcast for this tip. And the tip is, uh, if you don't want to subscribe to Hulu Premium, but you have a VPN of any sort and you happen to have Disney Plus. Right. Okay. So a lot of people have Disney Plus these days, especially people with kids. If you have kids, it's like a guarantee you got Disney Plus. So you have a VPN, you have Disney Plus, you set your VPN to Canada mm-hmm. and you go into your Disney Plus. It has everything that Hulu has, plus everything that Disney Plus has. It's kind of wild because you go, <laughs> Canadian uh, Disney Plus is like the biggest streaming service I've ever seen. It has like wow. every show, every movie, uh, because they don't have Hulu in Canada. So they just throw everything into Disney Plus. So it's a nice little it's a nice little trick. So cause, like I don't pay for a Hulu Premium, but I do have Disney Plus, and uh, just turn that VPN to Canada, go in there, and it's Hulu. That's interesting. I feel like so I have a VPN. Technically, it's one of those ones where you pay for like you get seven years for like fifty bucks, and then you know whatever you <laughs> sounds forget, legit. You forget to. <laughs> no, it is one that's like a legit. It is legit. I got like a good like Black Friday yeah. deal or something on it. Yeah, but um, I don't even remember. It's like Nord. I think it's Nord. Oh, yeah, NordVPN, yeah. Yeah, but I got whatever deal I got is good. I'm sure it's just renewing without me knowing in the background constantly. Yeah. But um, I had an aunt that paid for AOL up until she passed away last year. So Wow. <laughs> yeah, we were like, hey, you got to stop paying for AOL. They don't, I don't even think there's anyone there to cash those <laughs> checks anymore. <laughs> they probably get the money and they're like, I don't know. Don't it's know like that episode of Seinfeld, the chemical bank. The like, <laughs> chemical bank closed years ago. Yeah. <laughs> You, have you watched enough Seinfeld to get that reference? I've watched a lot of Seinfeld, but I haven't watched it in a long okay. time. It's one All of those right. shows that, like, I've kind of gone back and rewatched episodes here and there. But, like, I'll watch, like, one out of every five, and the other four will just, like, be playing in the background. It's, um, I think it's, like, Michael Jordan in that it changed the pace of sitcoms. Because I think it stands yeah. up, and yeah. I don't think that about a lot of, like, I, I think everything that predates it, like, yeah. I can't. Cheers is too slow, and that's like very close to the same time. And yeah, to me, it's too slow. It it also took away like sitcoms up to that point were kind of like uh, they were either very serial, like you had to watch every episode for right. it to make sense, or they were like very very not serial in a way. And that kind of right. like Seinfeld kind of like combined those two things, and like there was kind of a serial plot line going, but it was uh, more really about as everyone knows about nothing. And right. then it really made that type of like I think without. You don't have The Office if you don't have Seinfeld, I feel like. Just because The Office is really kind of about nothing except it's in a workplace. Yeah. That's the one 
the one pushback I would have on that is that the office, you don't have the office if you don't have the office in England. That's true. So, and I don't know what they're, I mean, I don't know what Ricky That's Gervais. That's a fair point. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what Rick, Ricky Gervais was, if he was the big Seinfeld guy or not, yeah. but may, I mean, maybe the, the, I think, uh, I will not say, I think that the American office is, I get so annoyed when people are like, the British office is way better. I'm like, fuck you. Watch them to get, like, you just say that because you're some hipster snob. That's that the, show that's the people, sucks. Yeah, it's the people that want to say that they found it before. You right. Know? It's that type of person. Yeah, I've I knew that band few, before that was cool. Yeah, I've watched all the office episodes, the U.S. office, but I've only watched a few of the British office, and it's like, there's too many British references for me to know what's going on. It like, sucks. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. Fuck the, British comedy sucks compared to American comedy, and it's like, I don't even think it's close. This is my going to war against england right now uh the yeah i'm i'm uh i don't know anyways you should watch seinfeld and fucking if i i also i have a thing where i, I make enough money now that i don't need to this is like uh, i'm bragging alex i make enough money to afford hulu plus or whatever wow. the 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 thing is not hulu the i don't have the live tv one that's yeah. too rich for my blood but uh um the hulu just like because here's my thing is like all that VPN stuff. My problem is I got to try to teach my wife and my mom how to use it. So I it's worth ten dollars to not have to try to teach my <laughs> wife and mom how to use a VPN. I get that. I, I totally get that. I, I feel like at some point we're gonna um, like something like cable is gonna come back, isn't it? Like because we have everybody has like a dozen streaming services. Yeah. Like we have a ton, and at some point you're gonna be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, it's, it's a la carte. The only thing that's keeping cable alive and it's dying yeah. is live sports. And the only, th like for us in the Northwest, if you want to watch Mariners games, now you have one option to stream them, which is Fubo. Which, do you have Fubo? No, that's why I have the VPN. Oh, gotcha. Because we have like MLB oh, TV with the VPN. Smart. Yeah, it's pretty smart. I'm doing that this year. I'm cheating the system. Folks. It's really nice because then you can don't watch litigate against us, please. <laughs> fucking major league. Whatever, baseball. man. I've told everybody about this, and they're like, "Yeah, it's fine." But not on an <laughs> extremely popular podcast. <laughs> everybody listens <laughs> to this, so we're gonna be. Uh, we could be in trouble. No, this is great because then you can watch any baseball game that you want. I haven't shown you the emails I get from Rob Manfred every week. He just won't <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Did you get express written approval yeah. from Major League Baseball? He goes, he goes, where do I get some Eagle Rare? Um, <laughs> that's like our, that's like the only thing that's been consistent from episode to episode is just drinking Eagle Rare whiskey. <laughs> and now we're breaking the streak. Uh, maybe. I don't know. This We'll see how the rest of the podcast goes. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, that's smart. The the I do think we're going to get there. I was thinking about this. My daughter's almost four years old, three and a half years old. Mm -hmm. And she will, the idea of channel numbers Oh yeah, no. I that's, she's not gonna even yeah. understand what that means. No, you know I, I mean? I, that's there's a lot of things that like you know as you get older you find out the the current generation will never understand. But yeah, that is definitely one of them because like I, everyone can like everyone who's our age can like recite their favorite channel numbers when they were a kid. Yeah, you know you knew which ones were important, and now it's just like you just scroll down the list. VH1, Comedy Central. Split channel yeah. was channel thirty nine. ESPN one and two were thirty one and thirty two. Yeah, that was, and that was uh, Nickelodeon was seventeen. Oh, it wasn't seventeen for me. Oh, okay, it's it is funny because like there, are, especially around here, uh, like Western Washington, you would think like everybody would have the same or close to the same channel numbers, yeah. but that does not appear to be the case at all. <laughs> yeah, well, you it, also there was a time I think that Nickelodeon moved, but I. 
Yeah, I, there was also you, there used to be a bunch of different com, uh, cable companies. Yeah, you know the 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 crazy thing is like that when they would just up and move channels on you. Like why yeah. did they do? Why the hell did they do that? I don't know. I think we got. I think we should investigate. We got to figure out what the fuck this was is, going on. This is one of those things that, like, uh, those like nonfiction podcasts that people do, where they tell like an investigative story. Yeah. Someone needs. I would listen to that one. Like, why did they decide up? You know, in the mid '90s, that Nickelodeon should be 40 instead of 42 or something. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Why did? Well, I mean, I, I guess if you're gonna fit like yes, I get where you're like 32, maybe. Like, I think 30 was Fox. So yeah. to be like, you know, in a row. And I get like, let's pack the sports channels into the sure. 30s, the kids channels into the teens, yeah, uh, the local news into the, you know, those channels. But yeah, when it would be like Nickelodeon would move from 17 to 40, it's like, well, what the fuck? I mean, I think <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I think Cartoon Network was 42. Cartoon Network was definitely 42. Yeah, I remember that. The yeah. Jackie Robinson of sports channel or of uh, TV channels. <laughs> I think Cartoon Network's gone now. I just Is it saw just Adult Swim now. I think. Well, they but got also rid it's like it. with that kind of stuff. It's like, do we even need a channel anymore? Because yeah, it's why not have just a very popular like YouTube channel or something like that. I'd be curious, like, to to find out from people that. You know, like when you're a teenager, all you do is like when we were teenagers, all you did was watch TV. Teenagers now, do they have like any favorite channels? <laughs> oh, dude, I don't. Probably think, not, right? No, I well, first off, no favorite channels. No, I think they probably have. I was, dude, I like spend way more time watching YouTube than I do anything yeah. else now. No, like, I, I, I totally get it, man. Like back when we were growing up, it was like you watched ESPN. You watch some Cartoon Network, maybe some Nickelodeon, and then like the TBS, TNT, USA, that group of channels was always pretty good for like reruns of shows that you liked. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, or he, boy, I was like halfway through the story of my mind. Like <laughs> my, my dad. Is that what you do when I'm talking? Yeah. You're like, all right, I'm just going to think of my next story. And By uh, the way, this is what my whenever- friend Gabriel Rutledge said about why it's better to do a podcast with someone who's not a comic is because comics do not listen. They just think about the next thing they're going to say. Fair, and you just, fair. I think you just caught me doing that. Yeah, I uh, understand. You fake it well. <laughs> we make eye contact while I'm just like, oh, fucking. Whenever, whenever that noise stops, it's my turn. <laughs> my only cue uh my dad was i remember when i was a kid i'd be like how does he live without watching espn every day like how his life has to be so unfulfilling yeah not watching and then now as an adult i'm like how the fuck did he ever find time to watch espn yeah and how did he know anything that was going on i mean he listened to sports radio is the answer i suppose but and read the newspaper probably yeah it's uh i hardly ever watch like sports center anymore like it's actually one of those things where like if we have no shows to watch and it's like 9 p.m or something and i just flip it over to sports center we'll both sit there and like be engrossed by it because it's like a novelty now like you hardly ever watch it that's not how you consume your sports anymore i cannot believe that there's not that sports center as a concept has not really been converted into a podcast like a bunch of you know who did well the highlights are so visual though and most people listen to their podcasts i feel like i would there's like there is stuff like that for the news yeah but even like so and so played so and so and this was the score this is how many points this is the yeah. you know here's an interview with them like God, could you imagine being the one who had to do that podcast? It would be soul, well, soul sucking. There used to be a podcast in Seattle. Lydia Cruz had a podcast called like The Blitz. Yeah. And I, I'm like, you know, sports radio in general, I've like kind of eased off of. But I remember listening to that a couple times because she would like 
it would come out before the morning show. It would be like reading the newspaper kind of thing, like here's what happened yesterday. But like here's an audio clip. There was like a lot of production value. Yeah. Because it wasn't just her talking or right. her analyzing. It was like so and so did this. Here's a clip. Here's another excerpt. Here's this. Like and it was like yeah. fuck this. Ha- I'm like, when did you sleep? You couldn't have slept. It had to be <laughs> like this game got over at, at 11. This is always the marvel of morning sports radio. It was like yeah. the game gets over at 10 and your show starts at 5. Yeah. That's not enough. And you have to commute in from whatever place. Like that's yeah. not enough time. Yeah, it is. I mean, beyond sports radio, I mean, just the uh, the world as a whole trying to like consume late night sporting events. And then right. it used to be, I mean – I remember around here, the Seattle Times was an afternoon newspaper, like afternoon and evening. So you didn't get your Times paper until did 4 you, p.m. Did your dad work for the Seattle Times? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's, what I, that's what I thought. But like a 4 p.m. newspaper is like, like that's mind-boggling, right? So right. it's like you wouldn't even get to read about the game until after work, God. theoretically, the next day. Think about that. That's we always just... got the Tacoma News Tribune, which was a morning paper, yeah. and I never even – like what a wild thing to have was the pi a morning paper most of the other ones were morning the times was unique it actually switched in like the late 90s yeah to be morning as well it had to go from being like the like if you could do sports radio let's say the fucking suddenly there was all kinds of money in radio and they were like casey and alex let's do radio (laughs) uh with you guys they they do get paid pretty well to be on air Every other aspect of, like, sports radio production, maybe not as much. Sure. Some of them. I mean, I I think there's – well, maybe sports radio, they probably do. There's definitely some folks in on-air and radio that do not get paid a lot of money. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. But um, let's say we're going to pay you enough money and we're giving you the keys. You pick your schedule. Yeah. What hours are you doing – and you you get your other job out of the mix. I already know. I guarantee you, I, I can tell you, and it's uh, it's not a good ratings <laughs> time. We're gonna be in the same boat. But midday, like ten to one, is like the yes. ideal time because then you get. I to... say noon to th- noon to two. That's yeah, what I say. Perfect. Yeah, like only two hours. Also, two three hours in the middle of the day. It's like, first of all, if unless the the best rating slots for sports radio are morning and drive time. Yeah. So early and late. That's when most people are tuning in. If you're midday, you can just screw around right <laughs> like there are people listening but like not so much that you're gonna get in trouble if you say something that uh maybe pe- doesn't sit well with people yeah you sleep in you get to sleep in right you get to you get off early oh you can go golf if spring and summer you can go golf in the afternoon or the morning yes yeah, spring and summer you can golf yes exactly everything's perfect about it yep. i think listen get and we'll do it from here we don't even have to fucking open up a studio we'll do it from here we'll <laughs> live stream it to your fucking Stupid radio station, whichever one of you, <laughs> whichever one wants us. Uh, no, I mean, obviously, they're not coming for degenerates like us. But, yeah, I, I think about that a lot. And then also, like, the newspaper, it had to go from being, like, when you go from a, a afternoon newspaper to a morning newspaper, it's like, well, my life's ruined now. Now I don't see anybody. It's like. Paper carriers real really got the shaft. Fuck. I, was, I, I, was a, I had a paper route. When so it, that when was an switched. after school route for you? Uh, oh, you had an after no, school No, I think. Man, I think I had it. I had it two, over two years, and I think the first year was afternoon, and the second year might no. I think it was the, they were both afternoon, but on weekends it was morning. Gotcha. So it was a weird. It was a weird like because five days a week I'm doing it after school, and then two days on the weekend I'm going out very early in the morning. That's a good way to deliver. ensure your kid doesn't start drinking. 
is so. to make them have a paper route on the weekends. It was not fun, man. It is. I don't know. Like when you people that deliver the paper now, it's probably you're all adults, I would imagine, with cars. Sure. But you, you never see kids delivering the paper anymore because, frankly, there's just not enough people who get the paper. Yeah. But back then, man, and anyone it was all who gets kids. the paper, I don't trust. Yeah, child labor. It was legit child labor. Right. You know, you're hiring 12, 13, 14 year olds. Yeah, it's also you like the the printing presses for newspapers were fucking enormous. Yeah, I, oh, wor- yeah. Oh, yeah. I worked at a like in the later days of there being like multiple printing presses around. I worked yeah. at a box factory, so we had a printing press. Sure. And my my uh, coworkers, like one of his one of my coworkers' wives, worked for the newspaper one. And it's like a warehouse. This building's a warehouse. And you're like, well, these were in every city. Like, every city had one yeah. of these. And now we've – it's just – I here's a – okay. we got to get to some sports stuff at some point. But I want to talk <laughs> about – I don't smoke weed. Uh, this is maybe surprising to every single person who ever That has nothing me. to do with where you're going here. You just want to – just – I'm, I'm – this, this is an anti-drug podcast. If you're, if you're into drugs, you piece of shit. Get off of this – turn it off. <laughs> I don't smoke weed. I don't have anything against it. I voted for it. I want to try it again at some point, but I used to get panic attacks from it. I tried, I did it for a lot for a couple of years. Yeah. And then I like 25 times in a row, I got panic attacks. And then you and, found Jesus. And then and I now found you Jesus. Are. And I, yeah. And I will not consume <laughs> that evil substance. No. Um, <laughs> but I occasionally will have thoughts where I'm like, people would accept this thought a lot more if I was high when I thought of it. And one of them is... Uh, that happens to me a lot, actually. <laughs> one of them is, isn't it amazing that there's just toilets in every house in... Like, are in t- underground in our country. It's not a an if. It's like, it's a requirement <laughs> that across our whole country, there's pipes running that go... There's just a little <laughs> hole up to your asshole in every... Built and in some places, apartments, there's 50 of them. You know what I mean? Like, there's 50 of these holes just to take the poop out of your butt and take it to you. Know what I mean? Isn't that we can't get a fucking railroad from Seattle to Tacoma for 40 years, but every place, every fucking home has multiple holes to take poop from your butt and take it into. You know, have you incorporated this into your act yet? No, I haven't. I think you should just see how it goes. <laughs> okay, all <laughs> just right. Just test it out on like a. I mean, you know, it's mid- bobbing here. So mid- <laughs> I, w- I agree. Diapers would be better. It'd be more practical. Everybody should wear diapers. Then you're personally accountable. And then huck them into a shit. landfill. That's good. Yeah, right? I don't. I, we'd have to take them somewhere. I don't know. Maybe we'd all have diaper genies. <laughs> I have no idea. I do diaper genies. <laughs> I, we we went through three diaper genies because what I didn't know is plastic. Like baby shit is powerful enough that it makes plastic. You could pressure wash that fucking thing and you can still smell the diaper sure the diaper residue it's they're brutal uh we're just yeah if if you're not doing indoor plumbing um we just have a real problem with handling shit <laughs> i mean <laughs> i think but indoor about, plumbing is amazing no it is i agree i i mean i have i i think about this with when i pick up my dog shit like the the bags like now dog shit bags are so eco-friendly. They might be yeah. the most eco-friendly thing on the face of the I earth. I eat them in salad. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that's what they are. They're like, it's like it's made from vegetables and it's compostable and yeah. it's biodegradable. And then I start thinking like, I can't throw my dog shit in the yard waste. They don't allow that. So basically what happens is this is going to a landfill somewhere. Over time, 
the bag disintegrates because it's the most eco-friendly thing on in the world. Right. And then there's just shit everywhere, apparently. <laughs> well, no, I think that the, the shit becomes like dirt again at some point it degrades and theoretically again well yeah, i mean i think that's i think actually shit is doing the best if all of our stuff was made of shit if you're if all of our like milk cartons were made of shit this is by the way everyone has <laughs> this, turned this off by this now podcast this is, is real shit focused today <laughs> okay but <laughs> so imagine the country you get like a like a you know those like 3d views when you look at like a home on a on a real estate website yeah and you get that like 3d view where you can see like the floor plan but it's in 3d yeah now imagine taking our country and it's just the pipe. It's all pipes. That's a Seinfeld reference. But you just see the pipe system that's devoted to to poop and water. And it's fucking incredible. Um, we're the you know best country in the world on that uh, thing. I probably we got probably got to have the most toilets. Imagine your life uh, and your vision is always like that 3D real estate map view, yeah. and you just have no spatial awareness at any point in time, and you're constantly spinning. You can only move to individual <laughs> spots. Okay, uh, let's talk about sports a little bit. Uh, right. I keep getting my whole world keeps getting infiltrated by these fucking Savannah bananas. Oh, the Savannah bananas! Yeah, can you t- can we talk about? There's something about it because we did the and one episode a couple episodes ago. Yeah, and uh, everything about and one as like a stuffy white dude, I shouldn't like. I'm like who they're trying to piss off with and one stuff, <laughs> and I fucking love it. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> yeah. But the Savannah banana, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I fucking hate it. Every like time it? I see one, it's like, and I, I'm, I think I might be wrong. I'm not. I'm open to the idea that I'm wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of apathetic about okay. this. Like I know what you're talking about. They're this. Uh, what are they? They're like a college wood bat team or something, or an independent ball. It's got to be independent ball because it's, it's like they're, yeah. they're doing like dances and shit. I saw a Bach. I yeah. saw a Bach that would make a double dribble and fucking and one look like. <laughs> Pete Maravich yeah. fundamentals. It's like, uh, do you remember the Chappelle show episode where he does like a spoof on and one for like every other sport out there? No. Oh my God. He does it for like baseball. He does it for tennis. He might even do it for golf. There's a few other sports, but he just basically applies it to all sports and uh, baseball. It just doesn't work in baseball, man. Like trying to do that, like Harlem Globetrotter esque uh, production with baseball. Right. It's, Baseball is not really meant to be that. Like, of course you can have fun. Of course you can have fun. But I, I kind of get what you're saying where it's like it's a little too kitschy. Like, it just doesn't feel authentic enough. Like, if you integrate it in an authentic way, I'm sure whoever's playing these guys is like, not this shit again. Yeah, it's like, it's like okay, I've seen the Harlem Globetrotters live. And yeah. it's like amazing. You watch it, but you're like... I get it, okay? Like, this, this other team isn't trying. Like, they're yeah. not... They're everyone's, in in, everyone's in on the act. It's too yeah. much pro wrestling for me. Everyone's in on the act with the Globetrotters. With And One, there's still an element of competition, right? Yeah. Like, there's, like, both teams are still trying to legit embarrass the other side. Right. With this Savannah Bananas, it's like, it's kind of caught in the middle somewhere. Like, the other team's not really in on it, but they're willing to tolerate it. Probably it's like to pro an wrestling versus UFC, where I'm like... UFC, the moves aren't as, like, acrobatic, yeah. but they're real. Same with, yeah. like, and one. And one is the moves aren't quite as acrobatic. They're, that's, like, yeah. Okay, I'm going to... I don't I'm, I don't know enough about the Savannah Bananas to know, like, what their record is or if they're good at baseball, but it would be really kind of hilarious if they were just out there getting their asses kicked every so single night. We're having the best time of our lives, but, man, do we lose. It's 17-3, but we're viral on TikTok tonight, okay? <laughs> I'm going to pull up this Chappelle I thing mean, and see if we can... Oh, 
So he's, he's, I mean, if you're listening, he's playing baseball. <laughs> he did what Alex would do to baby Hitler. <laughs> This is the Savannah Bananas. Yeah, it's basically the Savannah Bananas. Wow. <laughs> Chappelle did it first. <laughs> this is so funny. I can't believe I didn't see this or remember it. Yeah, this one was a classic one. I, I always liked this sketch. This is one of those, like, you can feel however you want to feel about Chappelle now. I'm sure a lot of people have opinions, but this is one of the sketches that would certainly hold up today. Yeah, I think I'll turn it down and we can have it just on in the... We can watch it in the background. These poor fucks listening might not get to. But, uh, yeah, I I think um, he's... Okay, we'll, we'll just stop it because it's too distracting. Yeah, he starts going to other sports. And, it's, uh, it's, it's funny. If it's you've never fun. seen it, you should definitely look it up and watch it. Yeah, I, I uh, well, on Chappelle, uh, big fan of everything he's ever done. Never never made a mistake, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, have you, did you, I saw over the weekend uh, Netflix did a live special Chris with Rock. Chris Rock. Did you happen to watch it? I didn't watch it. I didn't. Um, I heard it wasn't great. So that's, yeah, it's interesting because what I'm curious about, so I've heard like both, but every time I've heard someone say they really hated it, it's like kind of the people you'd expect. Yeah. And the people who really loved it are the people you'd expect. I haven't been surprised by anyone's opinions sure. yet. I think doing a live special. So Louis did a live special, but it was streamed only through his website. So you had okay. to pay on his website. Um, I didn't watch that either. But what I heard about that one was there's like some audio problems. Yeah. It's I've mixed and I've recorded and mixed some comedy albums. Um, I have, by the way, eventually uh, when I, grow the fucking desire to sit down and edit it. I have like a 20 minute thing I'm going to release. Sure. Soon. It'll be called heavy breathing. Uh, <laughs> is that, that's the working title right now. Anyway? It's just 20 minutes of you breathing. Heavy. Yes. Well, some might argue that's what I do best <laughs> on stage. Um, but it's a risk to do it live for yeah. sure, because there's like things that become out of your control, right? When you can go back and edit two or three shows together, no problem. It's yeah. like very easy. Uh, I don't know if that any of that plays into it. There's also a thing with comedy that's like so much of even watching it on TV or listening to it is like if if you don't hear the crowd enjoying it, yeah. it affects your enjoyment. I have a uh, there's a comedian, local comedian who I'm not going to say his name, but he released an album that's like he was like, I was just so happy with how it sounded. Well, they only used the mic audio. They didn't use crowd audio or anything. Yeah, so you get the only crowd audio you, you get is what bled into the mic on sure. stage. And so you're like, well, yeah, it sounds like you recorded it in a studio. Yeah. Because you didn't like include any of the stuff that's now yeah. from the studio. That's the one thing Netflix has like really made a difference on, you know, is production value on comedy. It's yeah. it's really like I feel like it's opened it up and obviously every comedian's dream now is like a Netflix special. I mean, that's what you're striving oh, yeah. towards. Yeah, I know. Well, you know what's funny is like I think they've almost made it first off cameras have gotten so cheap. I mean, we're yeah. sitting in a fucking three camera studio right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're so cheap that it's like not prohibitive to not have Netflix produce it, but also like I think more people see it on YouTube. I mean, not for me. Nobody gives a fuck about mine, but 
Like some of these, like uh, there's specials coming out that have five or six million views on them, and yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's why I mean, and then you're like, if if the deal, if the goal is to make money on touring, I don't know if Netflix is even the right move anymore. I mean, Netflix has really gotten into bed with like comedians, like big name comedians, but ones that were like past their prime. You know, like not no no offense to them. Like I'm Name a lot of pe- six of them, so I don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean Chris Rock's a great example. Like 20 years ago, people would have been thrilled to see sure. Chris Rock. Like you would go seek him out live. Now it's like it's it's not as relevant. You know, one thing about Chris Rock and Chappelle that I will say is there's this. We talked about the comedians not being the new philosophers thing. I do think they are exceptions to that. and But part of the reason is, the thing that bothers me about that is it'll be like, here's an alcoholic who does none of the work to be a philosopher, including like even writing in some cases. Yeah. And then you're like, well, Chris Rock, the moment he became famous, he got paired up with like some of the leaders, like the leading black thinkers in this country. He was having dinners with like incredibly intellectual people. Yeah. Dave Chappelle, same thing, has like been exposed to some of the smartest people in the world and who come from a like the same particular point of view as he does on a lot of things. And those dudes have like put in the work and have 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 spent a lot of time like Dave Chappelle's parents are both fucking college professors. Yeah. Like that dude has got to be like predisposed to be one of the most intellectual people in the fucking world. And then has been put in this kind of like crazy position to be the voice of a generation. Yeah, like he, he for sure is. I mean, that's the one, maybe the one, one of the bigger key differences between him and Chris Rock. It's like people like Chris Rock, but sure. Chris Rock was in a lot of dumbass movies too. Yeah, well, Chappelle, was, Chappelle was legitimately for people who are our age. And that's why at times, you know, when, when he releases an, a new Netflix special and it kind of bombs or people don't like it or there are things about it that are, you know, maybe don't align with everyone's moral code. Not everyone's mine perfectly, but every- <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's like you, you hate to see the people that you really liked. It doesn't matter if it's comedy or anything else. You hate to see those people start to fall off. And yeah, it's there's like- a Patrick Ewing's Ewing with the Sonics element <laughs> of it. I get, yeah. I get that. And I, I think Chris Rock is like, one, I think he's like not trying to be as funny now. I think like the quote unquote jokes aren't as important to him. He yeah. had a tambourine, which so I only watched. There's like a recut of it. I saw it live. I didn't even watch the special. I saw him mm-hmm. live, and you watch him, and like this dude is just so compelling to listen to. Yeah, and to almost you wish there could be a thing that they could graduate. I mean, it is the one man show is what you graduate to is like. We get to be not funny for 20 minutes in yeah. the middle of it. But that's not – this is why it's, like, crazy that what Chris Rock is doing is in the same category as, like, what Mark Normand is doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mark Normand is these soulless jokes churned out at a fucking incredible pace. Yeah. And Chris Rock is these, like, deep, introspective, sometimes unfunny things, like truths about life – and yeah. society. There's a lot of nuance to comedy, like there would be with music, for example. But unlike music that really categorizes things by genre or right. subgenre, comedy doesn't do that so much. Right. And you, you kind of, I mean, you latch on to different types of comedians who really don't fit into it. It's maybe in a lot of ways it could be better that there's not genres because, you know, like someone can say, I don't like country music, but they might like a song here or there and they'll never admit to it. You know, right. like once you start to like categorize things, then it becomes prohibitive to some people to actually tune into them. I think that if you were to, 
uh, create genres in comedy, you, we would avoid some of the stuff where it's like, like, listen, whatever you feel about edgy comedy, some people like it, some people don't. If you could put like, well, this is an edgy comedian, people, I think there'd be less people that would show up angry that they came to see an edgy comedian. That's right? true. That is really true. I, I, I agree with that. Like if you're just like an average person who doesn't know who Anthony Jeselnik is yeah, and you see his show for the first time, you're probably yeah. upset. Yeah. <laughs> I did a show this weekend at this, uh, I talked about it. It's motor mouth comedy hour, which mm. is, uh, and there was a bunch of comics. I've, there's only one comic. No. Yeah. One comic on it that I had met before besides mm. the host, the host I knew and he booked me. Yeah. And, uh, and so there's all these comics go up and then the feature is a trans man from Seattle. It's very funny. AJ Norris, uh, go check him out. Very funny. I actually had never seen him do comedy before. He just came to a show that I did that I was on and one of the best laughs in the world, by the way, like back complete back of the room. You're like, Oh, I'm killing with AJ. This is cool. (laughs) Uh, and by the way, when my buddy Gabe Rutledge went up after me, I was not killing with AJ as hard as I thought I was because (laughs) he left a lot harder for Gabe than me. Fucking asshole AJ. But, um, so I'm cool with like all the comics on the show. It's a very diverse show, which is good. Whatever. I'm not like, I care. Like I'm not the guy that's out there policing diversity on every show, Yeah. but everyone did well. Uh, including me, I, I'll give it to myself. I did well on this show. <laughs> after the show, this woman is talking to AJ. AJ's like, we're talking together. After we're both comics on the show. There's like yeah. a, also an Indian dude on the show. By the way, his name is Swastik. Close, close call. Rough. Close call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to make a joke about it. I made a joke about it on stage. <laughs> but I'm I'm standing there, and this woman is talking to AJ and just points at me. Doesn't not talking to me, but says it like obviously loud enough for me to hear. Goes. I didn't like some of his jokes. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't even acknowledge her because I was talking to someone else. But I'm like, I noticed. Like, I, yeah. I felt it happen. And yeah. it's like, who cares? Like, you, yeah. you got to see fucking six other comics or whatever. Th- like, that That is, a, th- there's like two issues. I mean, one issue is like, if you go to like the Blue Collar Comedy Tour and it's all black comics that open for Jeff Foxworthy. Sure. It's going to be a weird vibe in there, you know, like it's just like, cause there is, there is elements of that. So I totally understand it with, you know, a lot of comedy shows. I mean, most comedy shows that I go to, a lot of the comics that open for the headliner are not anything like that person. A lot of times, sometimes, yeah. sometimes it happens, but a lot of times it doesn't. There's and, a big uh, debate about what's better to have like, like uh point of view diversity on a show or to have someone who like compliments that person because their point of view is similar. Like, yeah. I don't know what the answer is. I, you know, the thing for me is if you're willing to go to a comedy show, you have to be that, that lady that you're describing to me is like the most annoying type sure. of fan. As somebody who doesn't do comedy myself, like that type of person annoys me because it's like, you don't understand how much work people are putting into this. And it's also like the people who take comedy personally, I, yeah, I just don't understand. I just don't because un- this even for me, like I'll make a joke on Twitter and five people will like respond like I was talking only to them. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, I don't even know who you are, right. <laughs> you know, and this was for everybody. It wasn't just for you. And understandably, anytime you make any joke, it's going to hit with some people and piss off others. But yeah. the ones who really take comedy personally, like there's 
You might need therapy. I don't know. Yes. Well, no, you definitely do. And my, I don't think it's the comedy that's causing you to need it. Right. I think it's you, like yeah. it's it's all things. I'm sure. You know, you take everything personally. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, uh, well, yeah, comedy especially is so. Um, it's me. I'm talking about me. And also, yeah. like when I'm talking about things in generalities, like I was talking about hip neighborhoods and how sensitive they are. Like you're proving my point. Yeah, you have to yeah. come up and tell me that, like, every comic on the show is cool with this. Right. The audience was laughing. Like, this audience in the same fucking neighborhood that you live in, they're laughing. Yeah. Listen to these all these people laughing and not being offended. Why would you not go, like, oh, maybe he's joking. Yeah. You have, this- you have to be self-deprecating to sure. be a fan of comedy, too. I mean, that's part, yeah. of, part of what comes along with the territory. If you can't take yourself lightly, then comedy in general is probably not for you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's let's move on to another. Wait, what, 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 oh, wait, was the, what was the overarching point about the bananas? You just don't like them? I don't like them. I don't them. know. I guess, I, yeah, I just can't figure <laughs> out if I'm supposed to like them or not because I think they suck, but I can't figure out why. And I just don't know if it's like, is this the same? Is it the same reason that I'm supposed to not like and one because I'm just a fucking, like a fucking grumpy old white guy? Yeah. Or is it that, like, do they actually suck? Like the, hold on, let me. Let, I need to, I'm going to need to see all their OPSs and ERAs. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even looked. I want to see. I'm going to pull up. This. I need to know if I should care or not. I saw that the other day that the bananas, uh, they trotted out like 50-year-old Johnny Damon for a few at-bats. Jeez. It was rough, man. He's still got the long caveman hair, but he's got a, a very noticeable gut. <laughs> I saw him uh, golfing, and he's got like – do you ever see these? I saw uh, Bob Does Sports is an amazing golf YouTube channel if you're – I, I think you're probably too old of a white man to watch it, but uh, it's really funny. They play like they're not good golfers. Yeah. It's basically what I'm trying to steal the essence of with this Road Hacks channel that sure. I have. Um, hopefully a little darker and more like comedy focused than golf focused. Yeah. But they were playing with Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. And you watch this guy who's like obviously, a, I mean, he's a world-class athlete. Yeah, he's a receiver. So And, and you watch him swing a golf club and you're like, Oh, you you can't figure out the fucking wrist part of it. Like you can't <laughs> yeah. figure out the like, the like, uh, what is that? What I can't remember what they call it. But like, it's a thing you learn in baseball. It becomes like an inherent part of swinging a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. It's the the transition from backswing to front swing, right? Yeah. Like where all of the power. Comes yeah, just from. like a weight shift and like your wrists rolling over. Yeah, the, like yeah, the rolling over. I can't. I, I don't know why I can't think of what it's called in golf. But yes, that exact yeah. that exact motion is like you you underappreciate because I can just do that. Yeah. It's just something that I like because I played baseball or because I was, you know, I started playing sports at a very young age. It's not hard for me to, I can catch right. everything you throw at me. It doesn't, you throw a fucking frisbee at me. I'm catching that. Yeah. Throw a baseball at me. Throw it. I can catch everything. Yeah. I can, it's not, I don't look like an athlete. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I can do a lot of stuff that's like. I'm going to get you one of these days. I'm just going to be sitting here. This is for the people that watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to fucking. Throw, throw something at you. You're not gonna have. Eye. You're not gonna have a lot of time to react. We're pretty close together here. Yeah. yeah. By the way, they have, there's a new <laughs> angle on this podcast up there that we probably haven't uh. seen uh, very much. And that, what? Yeah. When you see how close we actually are, these this, these cameras make it look like we're a little ways apart. That's true. The yeah, no, I would have it's... a broken cheekbone because a fucking <laughs> golf ball comes flying at me. Uh. But yeah, well, you watch those guys and you're like, like Johnny Damon. You're like, oh, you can't. F- he <clears> swung a baseball bat. Yeah. And you're like, you can't figure out the, like, how to take a full backswing. Yeah. It's weird. when you And you're like, it's not like, oh, this is like an old man who hits the ball perfectly straight. He hits at 180, and this is just his game. It's the old man game of golf. It's not that. You're bad at it, and you're, like, not able to do the thing, to make it look like the thing. I took 17 <laughs> years off of playing golf. 
I don't have the most beautiful golf swing, but you're like, oh, that's a fat guy that hasn't golfed in a while, but used to golf. Yeah, it's a it's fascinating to see like a lot of the best athletes in the world are not natural athletes is what right. you learn. One of the most fun things for me is watching when uh, athletes from other sports throw out ceremonial first pitches. Yes. <laughs> because yes. it is. It's like. It's exactly the thing. Yeah. It's like you see uh, like an all world wide receiver or something go out there with his mitt and he's like the jersey that the team just gave right. him and he, he always they all do the same thing they do like the mock wind up they might like shake off a signal and then they throw like a two-year-old would throw and yes. you're like what the hell happened yeah they throw like a it's like a javelin or something like that <laughs> it's just like the worst throw ever and it just doesn't fit the way that they look and what you'd expect their throw to look like all right let's we're gonna watch a couple savannah bananas videos these are the, none of these are the ones that inspired me to hate them right now but uh Let's see here. I mean, minor league baseball in general, the, if you have kids and you're taking them to these games, this is probably amazing. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess that's, that's my question ultimately is like, do we, is the reason this, does this make anybody that doesn't like baseball like baseball? That's my question. Is this converting non-baseball <laughs> fans? Because to well, me, it feels imagine. like it, all it could do is annoy... <laughs> Because we're yeah. doing all these things to make baseball more entertaining, like shortening the games, pitch clock, shit like that. I, I would say it probably doesn't do that because I've never heard anyone be like, you know who my favorite basketball team is? The Harlem Globetrotters. Sure, You'd be like, that's, sure. that's insane. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they probably that probably did convert non-basketball fans in like yeah. the 70s when we didn't have the internet. Yeah, sure. But now, yeah. And now these guys are thriving because of the internet, but I just can't figure out. Like, let's look at this. We got a... Oh, we're going to... There's probably more people that know that, like, if you don't know baseball at all, like, there's probably more people that know the Savannah Bananas than almost any minor league team in baseball, right? Like, any other sure. minor like, any organized minor league team. Because what else are you going to do? I mean, I, I, I do agree, like, minor league levels, whether you're an organized, affiliated minor league team or independent or whatever, you're always trying to do what you can to stand out. Usually it's, like, a PR department or marketing yeah. that's trying to make it work, you know, and they're just trying to make money, so... You know, that's why I say in general I'm kind of apathetic towards them. Like, they don't bother me, but, like, I'm not – as a baseball fan, I'm not tuning in. But it's not for me. It's not for me. Who is it for? That's my question. I don't get who it's for. I don't know. Probably the same people that go to Everett. Oh, no. you, you go to an Everett Aquasant game, and it's, like, uh, like two beleaguered-looking parents with, like, their ten children just running wild. Yeah. That's who it's probably for. <laughs> It's like they might your kids might actually sit and watch this game, right? Like they might not just run through the bleachers and you possibly lose them. They might actually be focused on what you want them to focus on in this yeah, case. I get what you're saying, but I don't know. I can't <laughs> like it. I don't know why I can't like it, but I just can't I can't bring myself to like it. Next next episode we gotta get like some Savannah Bananas t shirts to wear. Yeah. That's <laughs> send us some. Well maybe we'll like it. I don't, Listen, think, I'll wear free I don't merch. think they're sending us shit. I'll wear free merch from anybody. I don't give a shit. Uh <laughs> okay. I think we can move on to the Ja Morant saga. The story of the week. Thank yes. you, Ja. What well, there's a thing about it so this is uh from Okay. So this is from uh I think it's DJ Academics. Uh it's like a screen share or a screen capture that he did and then it's you know we're like seven layers into he, this fucking He was on Instagram live, I think. At like 5 a.m. from yeah. a strip club. 
and <laughs> academics who's like a classic troll by the way if you're not familiar like in okay. the hip-hop world he's hated by many uh me you know me i'm plugged into the hip-hop world uh, you're the most hip-hop guy in tacoma probably. but i love <laughs> I, I love hip-hop i know who academics <laughs> is so john morant gets uh he gets he, vi- he films himself. He, he, he kind of got white himself. girl drunk. <laughs> he, got, he got white girl drunk with a fucking pistol in his hand, allegedly. At, at 5 a.m. in a strip club. Look, I mean, just the time of day it really matters here. Yeah. So know? what's interesting to me about this, though, is I guess I don't really understand. So the state of Colorado is going to investigate this now because it's apparent, it's illegal to be intoxicated and... With, with a firearm. With a yeah. firearm. It's, Colorado's cool with you carrying your firearm and like waving it about sure. if you want, as long as you're sober. So Clearly, this man is not sober. I agree with that, although you'd have to like obviously prove it <laughs> yeah, in some way. It'd be but tough to prove. What I, what I, I, so he's away from the team indefinitely. Yeah. And I watch this <laughs> and I'm like, what did he do wrong? And there's a variety of things that I think look stupid. He does look stupid. Yeah. But I'm like in the so and also the NBA has a rule like no guns in the facilities, no guns in team facilities, team yeah. planes, team whatever. And I, I this isn't a team I mean uh, this would be a very interesting team facility. <laughs> if the Memphis Grizzlies for some reason owned a strip club in Colorado. I'm I did hear from somebody who lives there in in that in Denver that uh that's one of the good strip clubs, so <laughs> at least at least he's not slumming it. So it's it is wild to me have you i i'm you're a liberal from bellevue so my suspicion is you don't have a lot it's, of time it's a spent weird holding it's a, a weird no i don't have much okay. time spent holding a gun i my uh <laughs> my dad is a gun owner i grew up like i learned gun safety as a kid i uh i technically own guns but it's like because my grandpa yeah when yeah. he died i inherited guns you have a They're couple a, muskets yeah, <laughs> this one shot in the Revolutionary War. <laughs> I have a safe downstairs that they're in. Like, they're not really for home defense. They're just like I don't know what to do with them. Yeah. I don't want to get rid of them, and I don't want to use them. So yeah, I don't they're know. Like, like fam- they're like family heirlooms. In yeah, a sense. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, but I have experience shooting guns. Uh, I was a Boy Scout. I've I know gun safety pretty well. It's so serious to hold a gun. <laughs> It, oh yeah, it yeah. is so serious that like to be casually like dancing with a gun feels so insane. It, yeah, it, in that it, way, it's <laughs> fucked what yeah. he's doing. Okay. Yeah, he's like pointing. I mean, like, hey, if I was if I was in the club and I saw a dude just dancing around with a gun, I'd be like, well, we're probably getting out of here. Yeah, the <laughs> the fact that nobody there is like alarmed by this it's i mean it speaks to like you know this guy is a multi-million millionaire athlete so you're gonna let him do whatever but it's like people just assume that that person is in their right mind all the time and has their best interests at heart and that's not at all the case yeah well certainly the intoxication the the alleged intoxication doesn't help but so i watch this and i'm like yes it's stupid but i'm like does First off, what a fucking bad time to be a pro athlete and be on social media and, yeah. like, wanting to flex. This like, is, I mean, this is self-sabotage because he he went on. It's not like someone filmed him doing this. Like, he right. did this himself. No, no, that's is, the thing. That's yeah, the, it's incredibly dumb. Yeah, it's incredibly also, dumb. when people can film you is crazy. But, like, yeah, the, he did this to himself. This is, like, 
Marvin Harrison got to be a fucking monster quietly, like silently for a year. We didn't know. We thought he was like a hardworking fucking bring in his lunch pail guy. And he like probably actually murdered someone. By the way, am I spitting on your face? It no, feels like no, it keeps happening. A, okay. I, I love it, actually. <laughs> that's what I'm into. Uh, and Marvin Harrison wasn't that long ago. So this is like, I. but the other thing that kind of gets me, first off, uh, I tried to pull up. Someone who has a dissenting opinion from the like people are like, I had a I had a buddy I have a buddy who uh, was like, well now Jalen Carter who's a defensive tackle from Georgia he's like well now he's undraftable and I'm like, undraftable like he fucking he was apparently street racing and yeah some a uh, horrific tragedy occurred uh, yeah people people like undraftable die. like we fucking there's guys that are like <laughs> you know I don't think there is a such a thing as undraft all all those NFL teams and really any team anytime this happens in sports now they just look at it, it's like now you're shopping from the bargain bin if Frank Clark wasn't undraftable then fucking Jalen Carter is not undraftable no no uh by the way if you ever want to see a horrific story the Frank Clark one or oh, the uh, Greg Hardy Oh, Greg Hardy, that my God. Really that bad. one that one never ends. The Greg yeah. Hardy one, it just like keeps going and going. So anyway, what what I was curious to see, and I, I'm gonna this will be the one moment I think we actually kind of overlap into politics briefly on this episode. We've done pretty good. Because I've been too I've taken too many <laughs> Today liberties. we've done good, yeah. Yeah, we've done but, but it's good because I wouldn't say we like we don't agree, but we're not I'm not the type of person that's gonna be like hundred percent opposite of you in most sure. instances anyway. Right. I feel like we navigate it well. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, one, I think you're a reasonable person. Two, I think that I have, like, I'm not, like, a fucking partisan hack. Yeah. I have, like, observation. So when this happened, I was, like, curious to see. I'm, like, is the NRA, if, I, if I'm if i the NRA, this feels like a perfect opportunity to come out in favor of someone and not be, like, to like prove that I'm not an organization that's racist. Yeah. Remember when uh Philando Castillo got yeah. shot in Mon- in uh Minnesota. in Minnesota? Yeah. Dude, a dude with a uh with a fucking concealed carry permit on video saying I have a gun, I'm pulling it out, he gets shot and killed. The NRA had an opportunity to be not a piece of shit racist partisan organization, not to be a like carrying water for the police organization, actually carrying water for like responsible gun ownership, because that dude did everything you can do yeah. in that circumstance and still got shot and killed. And this is like today, there's no part of the only guy, the only guy who's coming out, the pro <laughs> is a, such a bad face of this fucking my point is Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock's like oh. layoff job Morant. God. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I will say, I think you're right that he didn't necessarily do anything wrong. I, I, I One thing that happens anytime a situation like this occurs, not just, you know, the gun thing makes it a much more divisive issue. If John Morant was just on Instagram Live, let's take the gun out of it. He's just dancing around this strip club at 5 a.m. like he's been drinking sure. Franzia all night. You know, you're like, wow, this seems like a problem for a professional athlete who is not just getting... The, he's not just the face of his own franchise. He, you know, there's a, he's at a point where he could be the face of the NBA. Yeah. The current faces of the NBA are like at the end of their rope. Steph Curry, LeBron James, you know, like they're about to retire. And he has everything. It. John Moran has everything. Yeah, he's got, he, he just had a signature shoe come out. Talk about bad timing. <laughs> Nike's got to be like, this literally, this shoe came out like a week ago. And Nike's just got to be like, oh my God, are you kidding he me? He finally has gun money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that Nike paycheck, boom, went right to the strippers and the gun. 
so it's just really bad for him in general. But if you take the gun out of it, like it's problematic. I mean, no one's going to want to hitch their wagon to this guy at the moment because it looks like he's got issues. But what what the NBA does, what people do in this situation is they immediately they did the thing where they're like, he's going to be away from the team for a while so he can work on his mental health. And it's like that really kind of like people don't look at this and think, oh, this guy has he's the victim here because that's essentially what they're trying to do. They're trying to co-opt like mental health issues, which they know is like a hot button issue. Yeah. And they're applying it to this guy who really at this point just looks like a stupid idiot, like who's who's 21 years old, who's got more money than he knows what to do with, who got shit faced with a bunch of strippers and then decided that the world loves them some John Morant. So he was going to show everybody how he was living his life. He was doing the kind of thing that any 21 or 22 year old in that situation might end up doing. Yeah, I guess I guess to me, the problem that I have with it is that. Nobody has like been, nobody's gone like, this is the rule he broke. This is why he has to be. They're just like, he's taking some time away. It's indefinite. And it's like, okay, but like, what's the, like, you go like, well, the NBA has this policy and this policy. And you're like, yeah, but I don't really see that being broken here. They're just trying to protect them. I mean, they're, they're, but but like, yeah, I agree. Okay. I agree with you in that he didn't break. There's no specific thing that he did wrong. And they're trying to make it look like, He's been victimized by his own mental sure. health or whatever. and Which also seems kind of insulting. It's insulting to people that actually have mental health issues. That's but it's also insulting way. to him that, like, he's, like, he did this thing by the way that, like, we talk about James Harden going to strip clubs all the time. Yeah. And nobody's, like, I mean, there are people who are, like, oh, he's incredibly selfish, but not, like, he needs some time away from the yeah. team. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe down the road we find out, hey, this guy has some real issues, and sure. this was the, this was his rock bottom, and this was the thing that saved him. I don't know that that's going to be the case. The history of these types of incidents and the way that we handle them seem to indicate that's not the case. You know, there's some sort of precedence here, sure. and it doesn't usually work out that way. Where like all of a sudden he's going to be a perfect angel going forward. Yeah, the NBA is trying to protect its brand. They're trying to protect the guy, a guy who in many ways, is one of the faces of their league. There was also, did you see the other story about him? That uh, And it's like a month old, mm-hmm. and I just wasn't aware of it when yeah, it happened. But it's, uh, he was like, there was a kid playing basketball, and it's like a 17-year-old playing basketball at his house. There was some altercation. He came back. John Morant came out with the gun around his waist, is the allegation anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, these shit-talking kids, I'm on Team Jaw on this one, too. Like, I'm fucking... It's a, it's have a, you ever it, talked to a 17-year-old? Uh, having read that story, it didn't seem like there were any winners there. No yeah. one won in that situation. Clearly, I mean, clearly the kid, the apparently the kid, like, punched Jaw or, like, right. he did something really bad. But somehow, like, they had to be close enough where he got invited over to his house to play pickup basketball, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, this, in a lot of ways, this sounds like the kind of disputes among, you know, friends or acquaintances when you are in heated competition, you know, playing basketball yeah. or doing those types of things. It just so happened that he escalated it by bringing a gun out. And again, if you're the NBA, if you're Nike, if you're John Morant's agent, if you're the people that are making money off him in any capacity, you immediately go into damage control mode because you don't want to hurt your pocketbook at the end of the day right and that's what they're all trying to do with them now and it's like let's stop trying to pretend that we're here to save this dude who you perceive as having some issues you're not trying to do that you're trying to save yourself from losing money off of him right yeah i agree with that completely and i I guess it's like yeah i don't know i mean I, i will say i saw a headline that was like a stephen a smith quote and it was uh his 
his quote was like, the NBA knows it all. And I will say, as I get older, I like Stephen A. Smith more, and I don't know what's happening. I don't like <laughs> Skip Bayless anymore. I think he's worse, actually. Yeah, he's kind of falling off. But I think he's like, Stephen A. Smith I used to hate, and now I'm like, one, I, I respect him a lot more as a journalist because he did, like, all the journalist stuff. I saw an interview. He was on the Flagrant podcast, mm-hmm. formerly the Flagrant 2 podcast. I don't know when that change got made. But I watched, like, some clips, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I report, like, 20% of what I know. I yeah. know a lot of stuff. Oh, anybody in those types of jobs. I mean, it's honestly, like, for me, a lot of sports fandom has been ruined by my friends who cover sports oh, teams. Yeah, and I then let me in behind the curtain. You know, a lot of there are so many people out there, you know, especially with social media that are like, you can't gatekeep information. It's like you have to to some degree because yeah. it'll ruin it for everybody. It's 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 you don't want to find out how the sausage is made. Right. Like You don't want to go into every kitchen that you eat at every restaurant you go to. Like if you walked into every kitchen of the restaurants you ate at, you'd be probably disgusted. <laughs> you know? I did hear a story about John Jaso one time in uh, Arizona going into a Twin Peaks restaurant. And he was <laughs> so popular there that the women there like the servers. Uh, this already sounds made up, but I, I believe it's real. <laughs> yeah. They, like, he came in and they started, like, pre before twerking was a thing, they were, like, twerking and doing handstands and, like, shaking their asses on the, <laughs> like, this was, like, a celebration that he arrived. <laughs> this is a bottle share of a specific, you know, a, a, I actually. John Jay. He's it not was attached. <laughs> it was attached to a base. Well, that's what made it so cool is that it's John Jay. So it's this dude that's, like. A basically anonymous baseball player yeah. who now is like off the grid. I love John Jay so. Uh but yeah, it was like anyway. <laughs> John Jay so rules. Uh yeah, I guess I guess like my my problem with this is it feels like the like kind of what you're saying, where it's like they're going like, We did everything we could. You know, and it's like <laughs> yeah. we, we're we're trying to get him the help he needs. And it's like, does he need help or does he need someone to go like quit fucking up? You're a millionaire, like yeah. like and maybe, maybe they, they obviously know more than you and I do. Yeah, it's it's one of those situations where it's like what this kid probably needs now is tough love. You know, like so many times where we uh, – Russell Wilson's a really good example of that. Granted, he's never done anything that we know of like this, right? But he's one of those people that his ego has seemingly spiraled over the years because he's probably not getting a lot of tough love yeah. from the people around him. These guys live in an echo chamber, you know. They have a bunch of yes men surrounding them, and especially if you're making money off these guys, you're not going to do anything to piss them off. But yeah. every now and then, like you need somebody that steps in and and um, make sure you don't keep fucking up. Yeah, I guess that's that's the thing that bugs me about Russell Wilson too. Is like, and it kind of goes with that whole needing access for journalists thing. But it's like this dude has been this egomaniac for all these years. Apparently, everybody knew it, and then yeah. it takes him leaving to be like, "Well, he was a piece of shit in this way, or he was a piece yeah. of shit in that way." And I'm like, "What's well, fucking cowardice? Like, it's cowardice to not." Yeah, By the I way, mean, it's maybe necessary. I'm not saying it's not necessary, but it's like it is cowardly to not report on the truth because it's so unpop. It would be so unpopular. I mean, it's it, yeah, I totally agree with you. It's just one of those things that it's like. You, if you do go that route, all of a sudden no one wants to talk to you. Agents right. don't want to talk to you. The team won't want to talk to you. The players won't want to talk to you. It's and, and you know when you hear those types of stories come out, when like guys like Richard Sherman or Earl Thomas or any of the people that used to play with Russ, when they go in on him, right? Yeah. It's like if it was reported not directly from them, it's oftentimes like it's kind of shrouded in anonymity a little bit. Like right. anonymous sources said this about so-and-so, you know, it's never, yeah. people don't want to put their name to that. Cause it just, it's not worth it. You know, it's just not worth it. 
Yeah. I'm going to blast through just talking about a couple of these topics. Yeah. Uh, George Carl posted a tweet that was uh, this event where Ken Griffey Jr. and Gary Payton were together, which is like uh, made my like 12 year old balls just full of. <laughs> Semen. I don't know what the analogy oh, is. That was, that was mean, really cool. I, no, I get where you really were cool. going with the analogy, but you kind of like botched it, and that is extremely explicit now. <laughs> uh, Kendrick Perkins carrying a huge up. load, just a huge load. I got so happy seeing those two guys together. Yeah, it's happy cool. in a way that was cool. sexual and erotic. Uh, <laughs> you know what I like about Peyton and Griffey, though? They've both aged accordingly, right? Like they don't. Li- like, Frank Thomas is out here doing eugenics commercials looking like he ate old Frank Thomas. But, yeah. like, he's, like, hulkishly muscular still. Like, yeah. it's kind of weird. He's kind of in between. Like, you're like, yeah, you're a little overweight, but you're also just, like, still gigantic. Gary's got, like, he's got belly on him. Yeah. Griffey, for a couple of years, there had a good belly on him. And then he kind of got back in shape a little bit the last few years. But, like, they, they look like they're supposed to, like, they they didn't age freakishly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, you mean like they aged appropriately. Yeah, they, they aged look old, but not too old. They look like their age, and they don't look bad. You know, like they look, but they don't look so good that you're like, this isn't right. There's you're no st- Sammy Sosa. You're still on roids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and, uh, I mean, that's the funny thing is Frank Thomas is considered to be one of the few like clean players like in the yeah. Griffey category, but now he's doing. By the way, Nugenics is the worst name for a. It's terrible. It would be like I oh I started a fucking. Uh, an oven line called Potsies or something like that. Like, what the fuck? That's bad. Okay, we should have added it. If we were going to edit anything out, that was the one. Let's get past that. That is a rough one. But it's like you, you fucking... Um, that, dude, that new Janus commercial, first of all, it's on all the freaking time if you're watching yeah. a sporting event. But the, my favorite part of that commercial is that at the end, every time... There's always like a dude and a woman there asking about eugenics, and Frank Thomas goes, and she'll love it too. <laughs> Frank Thomas is telling you that your woman is going to want to bang because you're right. using eugenics. It's just yeah. the funniest thing. <laughs> Boy, I should have. I really regret the Potsy thing, but we'll come up with a better one next week. Uh, <laughs> Kendrick Perkins got mad about uh, the the uh, Nikolai. Uh, Jokic, Nikola Jokic, Nikola Jokic, uh, two MVPs, and the Steve Nash MVP, and he pointed out that like you know whatever they were the only whatever who weren't in the top ten of scoring or something like that. Um, I looked it up. The Steve Nash one, I will admit, was pretty wild that he won it. Uh, the two that he won, yeah. The Jokic ones, like that dude was the leader in win shares both those years. That dude crushed it the last two years. Yeah, he's been good. He's the Shut problem, the fuck up, Kendrick Perkins. I like I, I do like Kendrick Perkins because he's like a chaos monster. He just he comes out with like the wildest takes, but like whether Maybe that's why I like Stephen A. Smith now is because yeah. the new backdrop is Kendrick Perkins or yeah. fucking Skip Bayless, who are just these ins- yeah. Yeah, Kendrick Perkins comes up with like wacko takes that like really divide people, and that's all you're asking for with you know, yeah. with ESPN, like that's that's what they want. They want, and NBA players like are constantly calling him out. That's the other thing. It's like it's not that he has just the public's attention. The NBA hears him. Like the players yeah. actually hear him, and they get upset with him. That's valuable to them for sure. Yeah, it's like, but then you know, Stephen A. Smith can't report the truth that he happens to know. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> Tom Brady's gonna do. Okay, this is an annoying story. Tom Brady, the stand. There's like this rumor he's gonna start a stand-up comedy career. I think he's going to do a roast, I think is the, the deal. Also, fucking do it. The thing about this is, like, people. first off, it's crazy that comedy is, like, the way, like, stand-up comedy clubs. Yeah. It's not even stand-up comedy. 
to even call what some folks do stand-up comedy, like uh, what was that lady's name? Um, the fuck Trump. What was her name? Uh, God damn it. I had this in my mind. The, um, the porn star, the fuck oh, Trump. Oh, Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels. To call what she did stand-up comedy is like, nobody thinks that's stand-up comedy. I didn't even know she did it. She was going to comedy clubs because they're a place with a microphone and chairs. So she just went up and did some open mics, but they weren't very good. Yeah, I mean, she did, like, storytelling, which is yeah. fine. Who cares? Like, I, to me, it's, like, this thing where we get, like, comics feel threatened by... T- first off, Tom Brady's not bringing a bunch of comedy fans to the to the club. <laughs> It'd be so, wild if you were just at an open mic in Florida one night and Tom Brady just walks yeah. up there. Like, he follows all the rules. Like, imagine if Dude, he just Tom did Brady it, just did it went by the through book. the process. If yeah. he just was like, well, now I gotta sh- eat shit at open mics for three years before yeah. I start. That'd be impressive. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Or if he was already doing it and nobody knew. that. <laughs> I say do it. Also, I'll, I'll fucking open for you, Tom, or I'll help you fucking write some. It's just a roast. This thing... It's also funny that like comedy clubs are just the last. It's like this is a very common comedian complaint, but it's like it's my dream, and it's also just the way that like minor celebrities can make or short-term celebrities can make the most money is just to fucking go exploit comedy clubs for. Um, it's smart, actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but also Tom Brady, let me open for you, please. Desperately, I would love to. Uh, don't care that I hate your teams. You're going to have to watch 80 for Brady, probably. Yeah. You'll, you'll okay. need that in with him. I'll put it, uh, I'll do it. Tom, if you <laughs> fucking put me put me on the show, I'll watch the movie. I'll do that for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. It's such a non-story, and it's uh, it's so stupid. Anyways. Um, oh, there was this Giannis Antetokounmpo fucking, I hate that. I feel like we should almost hold that one for the next one, but he gets a, he basically tries to like work the rules to get a triple double. Oh that shit's yeah. I saw so that. Embarrassing the, I call it the Ricky Davis. Cause Ricky Davis is like the first most notable person. I remember doing that. I think maybe Anthony Bowie did it once too, but Anthony Bowie was such a nondescript nineties basketball player that he kind of deserved to do it. Ricky Davis was an asshole. I love Ricky Davis and guys like that because it's these guys who are like such gifted athletes yeah. and scorers that just never played a lick of defense. Yeah, no. Flip Murray was like that too, where you're like, Flip Murray, like he could replace Gary Payton. And then you're like, oh no, he plays defense like he's in second grade. Like, this is horrible. Uh, he's thinking about his next shot. Yeah, it's like me fucking on the podcast <laughs> listening to you talk. Uh, that's an indictment of me, not you, by the way. I want to make that clear before it sounds like I'm being mean to you. Uh, the, uh, the Ricky Davis one, I, yeah, this the honest one was, uh, it's unfortunate that he basically threw himself his own rebound. But I, th- I think the thing that stood about, out about the uh, Davis one is, if I remember correctly, he threw the rebound to himself on the wrong hoop. Which is exactly what you'd yeah. expect out of Ricky Davis. <laughs> yeah, that's what would have been funny is if he made the shot. No, it would have been hilarious. Yeah. It would have been the best possible thing. <laughs> the A's might move to Las Vegas. Good. Who that fucking stadium's garbage. Yeah, I mean we Vegas should we be should good. be very empathetic to those types of situations. Being you know displaced Sonics fans. Sure. But the A's, man, I mean, it's been a struggle for a long time. You know, it's not like someone swooped in and bought your team. And uh, kind of forced you out of the stadium. That stadium sucks. Well, and also, like, <laughs> the thing that people don't understand about the Sonics is the Sonics still had very good attendance yeah. throughout. Like, they never had these. Yeah. Like, the A's have bad attendance. There's not a lot of local interest. It's a bad stadium. They're, I fully like, yes, we should be sympathetic to it. But also, it's the reality of modern sports is there's every fucking team is going to exploit 
And if you really want to get like historical, the A's moved from Philly, so it's not. Yeah, there <laughs> it's you not go. like this Fuck is. Them. Yeah, Fuck them. There's some precedence established here. Um, and then the last one before we talk about the big the big dog that you put in here is uh, David Carr <laughs> signed is he signing with the Derek the Saints? Carr. Derek but Carr. I do that. I, put, I literally by the do way, that. I did 90%. put David Carr in the document. I put David Carr. I, in the, honestly, they are interchangeable. <laughs> I typed in searching. I put in <clears throat> David Carr. Uh, contract information and i'm like why does spot track have him at one million dollars he didn't make one million dollars <laughs> um in my head i like when i picture one of them i see like a hybrid of their faces yes. i do it's like they're the same freaking person it's like the good charlotte brothers in every way they're just like they're like <laughs> if those guys played football instead whatever joel and something something those guys madden wasn't joel and benji yeah madden. i think it yeah, was yeah. madden yeah there you go um Anyway, four years, 150 million, 100 million guaranteed. The reason I care about this is because Geno. I think it's a precedent for Geno Smith. Yeah. Um, I've also seen recently some suggestions that he's probably looking closer, like three years, 75 million, with like uh, guarantees that make it more like a two-year problem for the Seahawks if he sucks. Yeah. That seems realistic to me. That's yeah. like in the realm. Also, the Seahawks are talking about rookie quarterbacks which is exciting because it's like yeah i mean i i have to imagine like they they typically seem like they really know what they want to do and in, this might be the first instance where they're not entirely sure like do they want to bring back Geno smith do they want to draft a rookie right. there, there's so many good rookie quarterbacks this year it'd kind of be foolish not to at least entertain it and it seems like that's what they're doing they're, yeah. do, they're doing everything they're supposed to do without over committing one way or the other when John Schneider took over as GM, he said that he wanted to draft a quarterback every year, and then I think the last guy they drafted was like Alex Magoo. <laughs> it's just the worst athlete name yeah. of all time. Every time I hear that guy, it's name, also I'm spelled like, worse. Than, yeah, it's spelled like Magoff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, yeah, like they're they're. It, it's been frustrating because I want him to draft a quarterback every year. I would have loved if there was somebody that you were, you were excited about waiting behind Russell Wilson. As it turns out, there was a very exciting. 31 year old fucking <laughs> career backer, you know, journeyman quarterback. That yeah. Was, yeah. <clears throat> um, another clear, clear throat right into the microphone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would be excited for a new, a young quarterback for sure. Um, I'm also very happy that my suspicions have been somewhat confirmed that Geno Smith isn't going to make $120 million this offseason. So I want him to make as much as he, as he deserves. I mean, yeah, I think everybody's rooting for him to uh, get paid what he deserves, but you don't want your team to be the one to overcommit. Right. That's just the reality of sports, you yep. know? It's unfortunate. But All right, so then you have a controversial take. You like the World Baseball Classic? I, I'm, I want you to present your take, and then we'll talk about it. My take is that uh, I don't like the World Baseball Classic, and the reason why is if you are a fan of a major league team, as I am, the Seattle Mariners, all that can happen. And the Mariners should know it better than most. They've been bitten by this before. They lost Drew Smiley the last time they rolled out a World Baseball Classic. He was their big uh, trade acquisition over the offseason. He never pitched a game for him because he ruined his arm throwing a couple pitches for the Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. Now we've got Julio Rodriguez out there playing center field for the Dominican Republic. It's not the World Cup. I don't even really know who the World Baseball Classic is for, but it's not for me. And I'm a baseball fan. Right. So that's, I mean, I, I will say I had to look up today who has won the World Baseball Classic. I know uh, the U.S. won it once. Japan has won it once. But I don't, like, remember which years or, like. So <laughs> Japan won the first two. Dominican Republic won the third one. And then the U.S. won the fourth one, the most recent one. Okay. Um, Good for us. 
Yeah. I mean, the birthplace of the sport and where the <laughs> are like, I don't know. I mean, the, the, there's like the fun thing about it is to see occasionally you'll see like a guy come out of retirement to play. Yeah. Or like out of obscurity, like playing in an independent league and he's like going to go play for Italy for a year. Oh, the fun. Yeah. The, I would agree. The fun part is like perusing Australia's roster and right. the Netherlands roster. You're like, holy crap. I didn't even remember that guy existed. Yeah. I, 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 so, Drew, by the way, Drew Smiley obviously never played in C- Seattle. He took, he missed 2017 and 2018. I think 2017 might have been the uh, Tommy John or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's possible that Chris Snelling made like a return to that baseball. sounds right. Yeah, throughout. like he hadn't played in the majors for several years, but yeah. probably was playing in like an Australian Australia, league. Australia, yeah. And that's like that's fun. The Mariners kind of historically have had a like a like Vladimir Ballantin was a Mariner mm-hmm. and was like uh, in place for the Netherlands. Like yeah. that's fun to watch. Play, watching that dude. The numbers he put up in Japan have yeah. been has been cool too. The Netherlands really takes advantage of the fact that they have uh, Curacao in their back pocket. It'd be like if every <laughs> Team USA player was from Guam. You know, <laughs> here come the Guamanians leading Team USA to victory once again. <laughs> uh. <That> makes... <laughs> Are there any Guamanian majors? By the way, <laughs> Andrew not. Jones, whose career is, by the way, very underappreciated. That dude yeah, should be great. a Hall of Famer. He's great. He was like Julio before Julio. Yeah, he was amazing. And then he had like a bunch of fat, bad years. If he would have just ended his career, <laughs> he had Hall of Fame numbers. Yeah, yeah. But I, he, he I was love fat the, and bad for a long time. I love time. the fat, bad years of athletes. I think it's hilarious. It's yeah. like you're, that again, going back to what we were saying earlier about Peyton and Griffey, it's like you're aging like you're supposed to. Yeah. And it shows. Andrew Jones is the one guy I've ever seen that was like truly penalized. Like he had, if he quit at 32 or whatever before he got fat, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And then he had like bad years, but they weren't like zero value years. No, he was like a a thumper, a DH thumper at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And just like the, everyone's like, fuck that dude. He sucks. We (laughs) hate him. We're not going to remember that he was the best defensive center fielder in the league for years. When it it comes to like Hall of Fame type players or like guys who are on the cusp, there is a real recency bias. It's what did you last see from them? Yeah. I saw this, uh, there's a a pretty poorly made documentary on Tim Lincecum on YouTube, but I got down that rabbit hole. By the way, two, I guess two uh, sad notes to throw in the middle of this hot world baseball classic talk. Uh, Tim Lincecum's wife died last year. Like, yeah, young, no one sad. even knew it. That took like a year for that story to come out. Yeah, really sad. And then uh, Joe Jarzinka died today. Yeah, like or not, I don't think he died today, but I heard about it today. Yeah, cause, then, yeah, I think yesterday or maybe over the weekend. He was like a, a kick returner on the Huskies yeah. when I became a big Huskies fan. Yeah, <clears throat> like those Corey Dillon, yeah. Brock Heward years, late nineties, mid to late nineties teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he seemed like he was there forever. He was very young, like. For, mid 40s yeah 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 to, yeah to go like that that's uh that's always tragic but anyways fuck the world baseball classic <laughs> <laughs> very sad it's very sad i'm trying to bring some levity to the situation i don't i've never watched a significant amount of it i would say um it doesn't matter <clears throat> nobody cares about i mean maybe i guess the real question is does japan care about it does they Dominican probably care. the other countries probably care more than u.s does because we get the World Series every sure. year. Sure. Yeah. It's it's a, it, the one thing I would say like if you're going to make the World Baseball Classic something special, don't do it in spring training. You know, these guys, it's not like soccer with the World Cup. You can kind of do the World Cup really whenever cuz soccer players 
pretty much stay in shape year round for what they're doing. Well, but they also do they do it during the off season for European soccer. Yeah, with to do it like right as baseball players are ramping back up is kind of nuts, man. Like these guys have been on vacation, and what you're doing is very stressful on like very specific parts of your body right it's not like you're going out there and like shooting a basketball or kicking a soccer ball like you're throwing a ball as hard as you can and that's gonna hurt your arm yeah there's the the thing with modern baseball is that i think you're like you look at a pitcher's tendons and Mm -hmm. you're like there's a pitch count on those tendons yeah it's not really like a question of will they ever need surgery on their Mm -hmm. arm it's like when will they need surgery and how well will they recover um and yeah, then to to make those like meaningful pitches, like full effort pitches, count towards this like kind of nobody gives a shit about it. Yeah, competition. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Uh, is there a way? Can you imagine a way that you would care about it or be less offended by it? Probably the only way would be like if you you know like let's say you pause the major league baseball season during the All Star break for a couple of weeks to do this thing like that. And it makes more sense, right? Like it's players are in mid season form at that yeah. point. You probably have a little bit less of an injury risk. If your team's out of it already, you certainly don't give a shit, right? That your players going out there and doing this first country. It just, yeah. it's, and it's not like it doesn't have the same acclaim as like the Olympics where there's like, everybody feels like they're playing for their, I'm sure maybe some countries feel like this is a huge deal for them, but yeah, it just doesn't, it's, the meaning is kind of lost. And granted, it's only, we've only been doing this for like, what, 15 years, maybe 15 to 20 17. years. Yeah. So it's like, but even that seems like a lot. I only know that because I look today. It, it feels like a lot though. Like even then it doesn't seem like we've played it that many times. And I, I get it. They yeah. do it every few years, like the world cup, but even still, it's just like when it comes around, it's more of kind of like a pain in the ass than it is like something you're looking forward to. Everybody looks forward to the world cup. If you're a soccer fan, baseball fans aren't looking forward to the world baseball classic. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd be curious Folks listening to this podcast, presuming you're baseball fans, do you care about the World Baseball Classic? Because I've, like, I I could tell you, I probably haven't watched a full game's worth of innings of the World Baseball Classic. I probably have not either. So, I mean... The, <laughs> Very informed opinion. Hold on, so let's see what the viewership has been. Because I'm, I'm willing to agree with you, but I'm... Um, world, yeah, it's probably not, like, incredible viewership. Here we go. World Baseball Classic ratings... All right, back in 2017, the last time the World Baseball Classic occurred, the ratings from MLB Network were huge. (laughs) 1.4 million viewers to be exact, which is the channel's highest number for a non-MLB playoff game. I mean, I don't think that's like... I, yeah, you'd have to compare it to other stuff that's not baseball, I guess, to like understand. Like, is that like an average, like a Monday night NBA game or something? Like, what are we, what are right. we talking? It's here, certainly you know? not touching the olympics i don't think it's not touching the nfl let's see let's go like uh nba or uh olympic basketball basketball ratings yeah i'm sure there are people out there that 9.2 million for the united states france final so yeah it's like yes i think the point is made made. fuck the world baseball classic (laughs) if you like it you're a piece of shit but we'd be curious to know if you do like it folks uh Okay, it's time for our over-under game, and then we'll get you out of here and on to vacation, which you're going to Las Vegas to see. I am going to Las Vegas. You're actually, Alex, out there scouting sites for the new uh, Oakland A's stadium. He's jumped (laughs) jumped ship to our I hope they go to Vegas. I mean, as a Mariner fan, wouldn't you love it? Like, 
You would actually want to go like that's a, you would never go to Oakland to watch a Mariners road game, but you would go to Vegas to watch a Mariners. I know game. I've thought about that a lot. Like the Raiders are going to get the worst home crowds because it's yeah. going to be everybody's visiting fans, but they'll sell a lot of tickets, make a lot of money, and never win a championship probably. So uh, <laughs> I don't know who gives a shit. Uh, okay, do you, who's your, are you ready? Do you want me to go? We're doing uh, home runs just like home last runs. Week. I think we do home runs. We judge because then it's like an eat like the same scale all the time. Okay. We can judge apples to apples. That sounds great. I'll uh, I'll let you go first. Okay, my guy. We didn't set a theme. Maybe some weeks we'll set a theme. We didn't sure. talk about it this week. I th- I think that might kind of <clears throat> the problem with it is if we're like, well, it's got to be like Milwaukee Brewers. The problem is we're both going to be looking at the same list of home runs. Yeah, and then. I will have seen what Prince Fielder did or whoever yeah, the person. Yeah, of course. Is. I, and I literally just found mine right now, even though I knew we were doing. This. Oh yeah. Well, this is listen. <laughs> That's part of the beauty. Yeah, oh, I'm all boy. over the place. You can't predict me because I can't even predict me. Uh, okay. Mine is Jim Tomey. Okay, Jim Tomey. I remember listening to games, going, "Who the fuck is this Tony guy?" They keep talking about. It was Tomey. <laughs> young, young baseball memory for me, like the early '90s. Yeah, Mariners teams and those great. Cleveland teams. Like a lot of Mariners, he was kind of like hidden in Cleveland. Yeah. You don't get to see a lot of Cleveland games. He, uh, MVP votes, or sorry, MVP, like I guess, what are they, like top 20 finishes in uh, like 10 seasons? Is that right? No, maybe nine seasons. Um, never won an MVP, it, it would appear, but several time All Star, Silver Slugger, et cetera, et cetera. Started his career as the most unlikely third baseman in the history of the world. Like, yeah. just a fucking there's, enormous. There's so many guys like that that, like, they become DHs or first basemen, and they all started out at some other position, and it's just weird to see them there. Yeah. Well, Andrew Jones was a... Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Jim Tomey, uh, 2,543 career games, um, 10,313 career plate appearances, 8,422 at-bats, which is fucking wild. 1,747 walks in his career. Over-under home runs. And you know what another fun thing, a way we could do this differently yeah. sometimes, is to just you guess how many home runs he had. That like might the total fun. number? Oh my yeah, God. you just guess and see how far. Maybe we could do that like alternating weeks. All right. Uh, but this week we'll say, I'm going to set the over-under, everything I said to you, at... 578 home runs. Over. Fuck you. I knew there's a, <laughs> there's a milestone in there. It's 612 home no, runs. No, I knew he was one of those guys because I remember. I was hoping I, I could. I thought get... it was over 600. I was pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, but but I remember, like, because 500 is like the magic number for all home run hitters. Like, it if used you get to, to be. Yeah, if you get to five, yeah, now it's kind of, who knows. But 500 was like, that's a big number. And he got that with like. A few years left in his career, and he's one of those guys. Part of the reason, like most of those guys who have longevity, like he did, they have bad years at the end, and he did not. Yeah. He managed to carry it out. He had like a renaissance in Philly, so he played very well in Cleveland. Well, his game very well really Philly. fit the era that he ended his career in, yeah. which is like the three true outcomes: yeah, high strikeout, high power. High walk. If he played like the last five years, things probably would not have gone as well for him because he'd sure. just be pounding balls into that shift over and over again. Yeah, I would. I, I wonder if there's any shift data back as far as he was. Uh, I'm sure was playing. I'm sure they were shifting on him, but like yeah. not to the degree that they were. Well, they've the really last few like years. they're not. There's no shame in it now. Yeah, it's oh, kind of yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. By the way, that's the thing with the strikeouts is like he struck out a hundred. Is that no? That's got to be. He actually didn't strike out as much as I thought. 
But so he led the league in strikeouts three times. But there was guys that had 200 plus strikeouts yeah. as early as like the the early 2000s. Sure. And he was not. He did lead the league in strikeouts a couple times, but yeah, 2,500 strikeouts in his career compared to 1,700 walks. Pretty good for a guy that hit the way he did. Okay, yeah. give me the. I fucking am. I'm going way <laughs> down in this game unless uh, I randomly picked a former Cleveland Indian as well. Okay, he's still an active player, however, and a former Mariner. I prefer you say Guardian if you don't yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> the Washington Bullets. Uh, um, God, this bullets. Yeah, this guy. Uh, he started his career in 2010. Like I said, he's still going. He started out as a catcher, which a lot of people forget. He even played some third base in there, but most recently he's a first baseman DH. It's Carlos Santana. Okay. The great Carlos Santana, who I thought was like one of the most clutch Mariners hitters ever last season. A lot of people think that's a bunch of garbage, but he had some big hits. He had some big hits for the Mariners. I do think a thing that will be a little silly to do, I think it will be a little silly to pick active players while we're in season. I get that. Like in season, it would be tough. The number might change by the time this podcast gets released. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? absolutely. But, so Carlos Santana. Okay, Carlos some- Santana. Okay, so here's some facts. He's played for 13 years. Uh, his first season was a partial, so <laughs> he's only been 12 years full. Um, 1,784 games, uh, 7,567 plate appearances, 6,329 at-bats. He's played a lot. This guy's yeah. played a lot. He's had some good home run seasons, I would say. Doesn't strike out a ton like a lot of power hitters. Uh, he's had some Years where his average was really good and some years where his average was not so good. He's kind of all over the map. He's really been up and down. Um, so this one could be tough, but he's definitely a thumper. Uh, so we're going to give you a number here. and I'm going to go ahead and say over, under 230 home runs. Boy, if I was going to set the over, under, I don't know for sure, but that's probably about where I would have set it because sure. that's tough because – he is a power hitter, but he was like a power hitting catcher. Yeah. Which meant like I don't my suspicion is and you don't have to answer this cuz I think it might it might give me more information. Do you want me to give you his season high home runs that he ever my, had? Can I guess first it's under yeah. 40, I believe. It is under 40. Yes. So that's where we run into the like you're like he's got 10 years worth of at bats basically. Mm-hmm. He's I have him as like a 20 to 25 home run a year guy. And, so far, those are all adding up. And yeah. our uh, over-under is at 230. 230, which is the perfect number to fucking make this annoying. <laughs> so I'm going to say... I'm going to say over. You are correct. Fuck yeah. Okay, but 278 I'm, is the number. Damn, that's a pretty good win for me. But that's, that's one of those ones. Yeah. I was 50-50 on over-under. I took a risk. I took a risk. It was and, a good risk. Yeah. I nearly... By the way, what a what what a season-saving... <laughs> victory by me you're back in the game jesus christ you're back in the game. i think we might be roughly tied now no i think last week i was i got 17 on you last week i think yeah whatever i have it in the document i think uh we'll we'll figure it out we'll keep a running tally no you might be right back in it no his his season high of home runs he actually did it twice i have you Uh, at 14 i'll read 14 that might be right i think you're right um 34 was his uh season high but he did it twice uh, in 2016 and 2019, he was an all, he's only a one-time all-star, which seems a little weird, uh, yeah. but he kind of came up in an era where like, uh, where catchers were really good. Like Joe Maurer was always there. Yeah. Well, he, he was, was also a bad defensive catcher. Not very good defensively. Horrible defensive third baseman. Right. I think. And, he, and he's not good enough 
as a hitter to like be a good first baseman. Right. Like he's like a he's a great hitting catcher. If he had got these all these years, and, if and he he's was like a third all, he's also like five ten, which makes him a tough defensive first baseman. Yeah, he's uh he's five eleven, listed at two fifteen, which I think is also under. <laughs> That might have got me really back in the game if we put that guy at a scale. Um, uh, yeah, no, so he had a couple seasons where he had 34 dingers, but he's also had like, like – Walks last, a ton. Last season was actually pretty good. He had 19 last season. He's had three straight years of 19 home runs exactly. That's kind of funny. Uh, or no, two straight years, sorry. In 2020, he only had eight home runs, but he also didn't play that many games. So, yeah, I mean, he's kind of had like some up and down seasons. Overall, though – this dude will probably get if he plays if he can play two more years he'll get to three hundred home runs most likely that's a pretty good number for a guy like that yeah yeah not bad for a, a fat guy that's five foot ten <laughs> hey listen I'm one he's of these guys so he's our inspiration yeah. really <laughs> <laughs> I'd call him my black magic woman if I was gonna call him. <laughs> all right that had to happen all right that, that's the podcast that's it thanks everybody we'll see you next week. <laughs>